won't stop anyone this time, I swear. <laughs> Just don't be dumb. Hello there, and welcome to the newest episode of Superhero Fatigue. I am Jacob Helker, joined by my co-hosts... Ren Malone. Christian Cook. And today, we are starting a movie that I love, and there's going to be a lot of contention on... Well, not a lot, but a good chunk of contention. Yep. Uh, Superman with Christopher Reeve. Now, 1978. I don't know about you guys. Overall, I like this movie. This is one of the most beloved superhero movies of all time. When I was sitting down to watch it, I think most of what I remembered was from Superman 2. Do you remember, like, the film, him ripping, like, the saran wrap off his chest and throwing no. it at no like, <laughs> i mean i unfortunately i do remember that yeah but uh i think there's like a series of kind of comical accidents and stuff at the beginning of the second one just to like reintroduce him saving people and stuff is that two or is that three because three's got richard Pryor in it i know so. i think it's i don't even know in, either way i was just remembering a whole lot of stupid things and so this movie did surprise me a little bit. It was a lot better than I uh, expected or uh, thought that I had remembered. Well, I mean, the big thing is, you know, we don't know how many people are going to hear this, and we want to make sure we don't make any of them mad by, you know, maybe trashing their favorite movie. So if you like this movie, that's okay. It's not a bad movie by any means, but there are certainly parts that haven't aged well. In the same vein, if this makes you mad, get the hell over it. Exactly. We're here to kick ass and take names. Uh, some people who have been listening for a little while might have noticed that it's been a little bit since we posted our last episode. And that's just because we're a fairly young podcast and all of our schedules are still kind of crazy. Uh, we had some prior commitments and stuff going on way ahead of this. So uh, we just had to find a way to work around it or find time to make it happen so anyway we are back and we are still going yeah um <laughs> I, yeah christian uh christian was in a play uh for a little while which was very successful congratulations christian Yay. thanks man um i really don't have an excuse like that uh i was just working a whole lot uh i was working weird hours um i don't know what ren was doing sleeping in the afternoon and Exactly. Yeah. Ren was very... just patiently waiting <laughs> and eating saltine crackers until we were done with our stuff. Yeah, Ren has burned through several like B movies just waiting for us to finally be done. He's got Pet Cemetery sitting down right now. Oh yeah, I guess he does. It's on the coffee table along yeah, along with a I bunch watched, of other uh, crap. I watched Basket Case the other day, which oh, I remember you telling me about Good that. Lord. Yeah, I remember you saying they almost certainly came up with that title first and then they <laughs> like found a concept to match it which is so clear and man that one really pushed the limits for like what i could stand in a movie yeah i think that that's the bad thing about b movies is that there's like an idea of b movies as like they're fun to watch you know what i mean and they're not all fun to watch <laughs> especially if you're watching it alone it can easily yeah. become a chore oh for sure you're yeah. just like Ugh, i started it i might as well finish it literally the only bad movie i'll watch alone i wouldn't even call it a b movie it's like a d or z movie even uh is the attack Room. of the clones 
That's no. Like a, that's like an R movie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a Q. <laughs> a Q. <laughs> um, anyway, I guess we should dive right yeah, in. Let's, yeah, let's um, jump. This movie is dedicated to the cinematographer Jeffrey Unsworth, who died of a heart attack during uh, post-production. Isn't there like a thing where like a lot of people connected to this movie like died? Sort of like with... Uh, um, poltergeist. Yeah, poltergeist. One of those. I don't know. I, 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 I never nothing heard that of I've that. heard of. Yeah. I know that they were like filming this one and Superman two like at the same time, and they started to run out of money and stuff. Yeah. And did did is it the director that died? Maybe. No, Richard Donner. I think is still alive. I don't know. He. Uh, I thought I heard something. No, he got in a fight with the producers, and uh, they he trashed him in the media, and so they. Oh, fired that's him. right. And then, and then else yeah, because the in. Donner cut of, uh, I think it's Superman, Superman 2, 2 yeah. uh, is out there, and it's got, like, a bunch of unfinished scenes and stuff, like green screen and things like that. Okay, but I'm starting to piece together. Well, I guess God. with all of his powers, Superman couldn't save Jeffrey Unsworth from a heart attack. Sorry, Jeffrey oh, Unsworth. bad <laughs> joke. Sorry, bad Mr. joke. Unsworth family, if you uh, hear this, we hold his work in the highest regard. Yeah, it's really good work. Yeah. <laughs> um, the movie opens in a theater with black and white footage of a kid reading an issue of Action Comics in 1938 being shown on the screen. Why not just open with a kid reading a comic or just not do this at all yeah, like, yeah they, i think not do this at all would honestly be my preferred this strikes me as some of that like the extra footage that was included on the dvd release or whatever but might not have been in the original i don't know yeah i, I don't know that i've so, ever seen the original cut so it's just I, completely uh, unnecessary i don't i don't know about you guys but i like to see kids reading comic books to start off all of my superhero movies which is like, but they're showing footage of someone reading a comic book, <laughs> which makes no sense to me at all. While like, he's narrating. You're sitting in a theater watching a theater <laughs> with someone reading a book on the screen. It's stupid. Oh, yeah. And when, it does begin with that great narration. That's what you were just When have about. children ever been good at narrating anything? And they're talking about ever. the Great Depression era and uh, then it's the, the 70s. Daily Planet. Uh, yeah. And then the movie takes place in like for the time modern times and the daily planet's not introduced until like 45 minutes into it so it just serves no purpose at all i don't know um anyway then the credits start rolling and the credits are extremely obnoxious and the theme music although classic just reminded me of Spaceballs. <laughs> oh, and it's... Oh, oh, I was going to say the same thing. There's no way the Spaceballs soundtrack didn't take inspiration from this because there are some big similarities between yeah, those two so soundtracks. Yeah, it's so much more similar yeah. to this than it is to Star Wars. I know, yeah. I was thinking the exact <laughs> same thing. In fact, for a while I was like, they just wholesale rip off the Superman soundtrack? I think they did because the only thing it was missing was that... <laughs> sound effect. Maybe... Uh, very similar to our intro and outro music, the Superman theme is just free for anyone to use. Oh, no, 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 no. The Superman theme was composed for, for Superman. That I know. Really? No, yeah. I know. Yes. I thought the theme was kind of generic. Nope. Someone composed that? Yes. Which is weird because which, it's considered they should get fired. really classic. Is but... it? Which, mind you, this is decades yeah. ago, dude. The, well, yeah, okay. the idea of a, like, really a superhero theme for like a big franchise and stuff 
wasn't necessarily like an idea i mean it was an idea but like it really it really hadn't been done that much and so hey. of course it was generic because it's like the inspiration for a ton of star ton wars of now. star wars came out a full year before this movie star did. wars isn't a superhero movie well they have superpowers don't they that does not count as a superhero movie, and no one in their right mind would say it is. Get out. You're fired. <laughs> I need to be able to review that movie on this podcast. No. No. We're yeah. calling Patton Oswalt. Uh, anyway, Please. Krypton looks... We're, we're introduced to Superman's home planet, which is Krypton. And it Krypton. looks like a miserable place to live. <laughs> it looks like it's... Tim Allen's North Pole from the Santa Claus yeah. movies. <laughs> they... It's yeah. just white and blocky. How do they get their vegetables on this whenever there's clearly no land to grow anything? It's just rocks. Yeah, it's it's just... just like diamonds. <laughs> Is their well, planet I, made of I th- limestone? I think there's sn- I think it's snow too, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Where the hell would snow evaporate from off off of rocks how would snow ever get up to the atmosphere if your yeah, whole planet's a rock i have no idea but <laughs> it looks like a terrible place to live yeah um which i guess suits what is happening with krypton oh um, I, I guess because it's got like the sun getting closer to it and all yeah that stuff. it's going yeah. to die and on the planet krypton using evidence provided to the council by scientist uh, jor-el the attempted insurrectionists general zod ursa and non are sentenced to the phantom zone for this zod swears revenge on jor-el and his family this scene pissed me off because zod was like standing there yelling you will bow before me you will bow before me why didn't he just say kneel before zod i was thinking the same thing that is a classic zod line (laughs) you know i need that yeah i was thinking i can't wait to see how these three villains factor into the plot of this movie (laughs) Well, they don't. They factor yeah, into the plot alert. of the second movie. They do not factor into the plot you of fool. this movie. It was just such a weird way. Like, if you're looking at it as just the movie itself, this should factor into the plot somehow. It makes no sense to start the movie this way. They could easily flash back to this in the second one or use this footage later in the second one, which I think they might. They might reuse it. I can't remember, but... I don't know. Um I haven't seen the second one since I was a kid. Anyway, uh, Marlon Brando is playing Superman's dad, Jor-El, and he looks like George Washington with a curly cue. <laughs> Good God. He got paid millions of dollars in 1978 money to be here, and he's still phoning it in. Well, it's Marlon Brando in 1978. After after The Godfather, he was phoning in everything. Yeah, yeah I, I just... guess you're once you, once you do The Godfather, once you're part of that massive success... How much more blockbuster success do you really need? For me, like, I get it. He is, he changed acting forever and is a great, great actor. But, like, just quit being in movies if you're going to phone it in like Uh, that, dude. So I was reading. So apparently Marlon Brando uh, refused to uh, memorize the vast majority of his lines in this movie. Yeah, he's reading them, like, when he's holding the baby in one scene. He's reading his lines off the baby's diaper. They posted them on there. I think Ren and I... Also visited IMDb very, yes, very recently, did. as I have it open on my phone in front of me. I mean, well, before this movie came out, uh, you know, he was in The Godfather, and actors would have to have his lines, like, taped to their back so that he could read them off during scenes. Because yeah. he just refused to memorize his Which lines. Which I would say, like, I want to say a respectable actor would be like, no, I'm not going to do that. But if you're saying no they're definitely firing you and not Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, you could, if, uh, yeah, Marlon Brando, at this point in his career, 
he is the name. I mean, he's a he's a, of course, yeah, an unbelievably talented actor, but he's the name Marlon Brando more than he is anything yeah. else. You want that name associated with your production for Un- sure. Unfortunately, and Christian kind of said something to this effect earlier. Uh, he can't pronounce the name Krypton because <laughs> oh, yeah. he refers to it as Krypton the entire time. And my my son will leave Krypton. My comic book loving brain was just going it's krypton the whole time krypton krypton i was in my head just shaking if we ever can like do a seance or something to speak to the spirit of marlon brando let's let that be the only thing we tell him it's krypton (laughs) if you if you can slap a ghost i don't know (laughs) i think you can i saw a documentary once according to the movie ghost Maybe. <laughs> you can do a whole lot more than slap a ghost, according to the movie Ghost. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, and here's where Jor-El saves Zod's life. Because uh, they're banished to the Phantom Zone, which takes them off of Krypton, which Jor-El knows is about to be destroyed. So, at least they're kind of still alive somewhere. Had they asked for a 15-minute recess? Like, just 15 minutes to go outside of the courtroom, catch your thoughts, talk to your lawyer. They'd all blow up, too. I kept wondering, too, why is this guy um, even showing up at work anymore? Like, to do these... I guess maybe he's trying to gain favor or trust with the rest of the council on Krypton. I guess. So that he can convince them, like, hey, you really need to listen to me. And look, I'm still showing up at work. I'm a good guy. Like, (laughs) I don't know. But it's like... I just kept thinking I would not be there at all. I would be at home getting a rocket ship ready for yeah, me I and my man, wife and my kid. Yeah, if they if they hadn't listened to me the very first, like maybe the first or second times, I'd have been like, well, sorry, but I have a wife and a kid to worry about. Well, and the movie like goes out of its way to show you that Jor-El is the most respected scientist on all of Krypton. Yes. And uh, but despite his eminence, he's unable to convince the council that Krypton will soon be destroyed when its red supergiant sun goes supernova. Literally, nobody believes Jor-El. Can you? And everyone should. Can you imagine? Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> can you imagine living on a dying planet where scientists are warning of impending doom, but leaders are too ignorant to listen? Man, what a <laughs> what a fantasy that is. Well, oh now I'm God. sad. <laughs> yeah. I'm moving to Canada. To... Yeah. We need I to know. start building some rocket ships for babies. <laughs> some rocket ships <laughs> that look like sea urchins. Oh, and I don't know who came up with the look of the spinning flat square punishment. for <laughs> The pain of the pain of glass frisbee. Yeah. That uh, Zod and his followers are sentenced to, but it's, it's kind of awesome. <laughs> like it's just so bizarre and so weird. And I don't think it's from the comic books originally. Although, so, just, like, what a uniquely weird thing to come up I with. I mean, yeah, I think they did a good job portraying sort of, like, an alien punishment. Yeah, it's like a, I don't know, a pane of glass comes spinning down and just, like, they collide with it and they are imprisoned in it. And it's just kind of floating through space, spinning, yeah. while these people are, like, banging on it, trapped inside. It's really weird looking and hard to describe. They don't want to punch through it because they're worried they'll cut their hand. Although it is pretty hilarious because every time you see the spinning pane of glass frisbee, um, they're all squished together like the it's like it's not like another dimension. It's like they're all stuck just within like the dimensions of that pane of glass. So they're all smushed together 
and they're all like they never have any lines after their sentence but screaming and banging on the yeah. front of it which is funny because i think the the girl ursa is screaming i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> but she's totally not sorry by the start of the next movie no at all. <laughs> no, she goes from I'm sorry to you'll be sorry. It's weird, too, because like Zod that. in the comics had a girlfriend follower, too, and her name is Feora. And I don't know why they changed that to Ursa for the movie. I don't I don't understand I don't where know. that came from. I don't Who know, knows? man. E- either way, they don't factor into this movie at all beyond this point, so it doesn't matter. I do like, though, how their clothes are, because everyone on Krypton wears the exact same thing. They wear tinfoil jumpsuits with their family <laughs> logo on their chest, except for Zod and Ursa and Nan. They wear black tinfoil jumpsuits with no crest or logo I on like their chest. I like to think those are prison jumpsuits, and that's why they're dressed differently. I think it's kind of like... Why are the prison jumpsuits black, Jacob? I don't know. Stop this. <laughs> I think it's kind of like uh, people wearing American flag t-shirts and stuff around. <laughs> Having your family crest on patriotism. Yeah, it's like if that was just everybody. everybody Why did everyone in the seventies think the future meant we were all going to wear tinfoil? I don't know. It's silly looking, but uh, I kept wondering how is this planet covered in snow or looks so frigid when the sun is maybe a few thousand miles away at this point? (laughs) You can drive to the sun. Yes, it's like it shows it in the background behind the planet, and it is enormous. Get in your hatchback. It's right there. Grab the family, (laughs) get some jerky at the gas station, and go. And take a vacation to the sun. Exactly. That's how close it is. Get away from Krypton for a while. (laughs) Take a load off. Visit the sun. (laughs) So to save his infant son, uh, Kal-El, oh, sorry, that's his son's name. To save Kal-El, Jor-El launches him in a spaceship to Earth, a planet with a suitable atmosphere where Kal-El's defense dense, sorry, ugh, can't read my own writing, <laughs> uh, where Kal-El's... <laughs> He's reading it off a phone! <laughs> you typed it! <laughs> it's just in wingdings. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me try to remember what that symbol where means. Where Kal-El equals 9-11! <laughs> Oh, what? No. <laughs> Star of David? Kal-El equals 9-11. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Let me start this one over. So to save his infant son, Kal-El, Jor-El launches him in a spaceship to Earth, a planet with a suitable atmosphere where Kal-El's dense molecular structure will give him superhuman powers. They're saying it's from the atmosphere. That's not comics accurate at all. No, it's the radiation from the sun. Yeah, Earth's yellow sun. Yeah, so yeah. This is what gives him his Stay powers. Alive. Because yeah. <laughs> like the closer Superman gets to the sun in the comics, the stronger he gets. And, and it when will he regenerate goes regenerate him if he's yeah. injured. When he goes back to uh, Krypton, which he does a couple times in the comic books, it's like have. a city in a bottle. It doesn't make any sense, but for some reason Bottled the sun's city there. of Kandor. Yeah. Uh and he Nerds. loses all his powers there. Yeah. But then how does he fly back up to the opening, like the mouth of the bottle to get out? I don't know. I never read any of those comics. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> those sound um, like comics that wouldn't be worth reading, honestly. <laughs> so shortly after the launch, Krypton's sun explodes, destroying the planet. Um, 
<laughs> Which, before that, the council sends a man dressed as a condom to stop Jor-El from saving his <laughs> baby. It is the dumbest looking. It looks straight out of, like, not even a B sci-fi movie. It's just it's bottom st- of the barrel. It's another Q sci-fi movie. out of the movie. family planning section. This is, like, plan nine from outer space. Trashy looking. <laughs> it looks almost as bad as Attack of the Clones. And Jor-El gets to give a long goodbye speech to his son, yet Superman's mom says nothing. <laughs> She just there. Yeah, she has no lines in like, this movie. <laughs> she has like two lines, but Does they're she, just uh, like, what did the council say? Or something like she's just worried. And he gives this long, grand speech that which, is just Jesus parallels all over the place. <laughs> Superman was created by two Jewish guys. And this, the, the, the whole like speech and every speech that Jor-El gives in this movie. As a Jew, it's disrespectful. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't want Jesus in my Jew movies. He is a super. He is a, su- a Jewish superhero. This movie plays pays enough homage to the Jewish superhero. And actually, uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, Schuster, uh, Schuster, they they liked the movie. They both said they really liked it. Can you it. imagine getting They're to wrong. make a movie of Superman that the creators of Superman get to watch? That would be horrifying to me. Yeah. What pressure. They were probably very senile at that point. Anyway. Yeah, that's why they didn't notice the Christian stuff. That's right. <laughs> Bastards. Anyway, Jor-El, uh, yeah, he gives a long speech and everything. And I guess because of the director, everything in this movie looks really grand in scale. But it's also clearly a bunch of cheesy sci-fi sets and models. Yeah. Even so, the destruction of Krypton is horrifying and awesome. With all the people falling into oh, like yeah. the crevices yeah. and stuff. Especially for the time, this was, I thought it was super, super impressive. I mean, it's yeah. cheesy now, but I can't I just imagine watching it then. It would have been awesome. It's clear looking at a lot of the stuff used, like the ship that they're uh, lifting Kal-El, the little baby Superman, up in. Yeah. It is like bumping into the glass and shaking around and looks cheesy, but the way it's filmed the angles that they use and everything, the director really does do a great job of making it seem like it's grand and impressive. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I Are like it a lot. Are you talking about the flying sea urchin? <laughs> yes. When it breaks exactly through the about. glass ceiling? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what we need. That's how we should have gotten Hillary in office. She wants to break the glass ceiling. We get her a giant flying sea urchin. That's perfect. That's right. That's This movie was years ahead of its time. Decades. I solved it. Like four decades ahead of its time. Wow. Um... And the explosion of Krypton and its sun is so sudden. And again, it's clearly a result of like technological restraints. But it's like the sun is just sitting there right next to the planet. No movement, no anything. And then, boom, they just blow up. <laughs> like, obviously, it's just they've got little props and they've just blown them up with dynamite. They literally just stuck a black cat in each one and lit the fuse. I was just imagining the supernova effect that you would see in a movie nowadays compared to what happens in this movie. Yeah, you know, I I, I was really I was not very impressed with the like the explosion like the big final explosion, mostly because Star Wars was already out and the Death Star explosion at the end of Star Wars uh, is is something that I think holds up pretty well even now. I think it still looks pretty good. Yeah. And this effect mm. does not look very good. This one definitely looks worse. Yeah. For sure. And this movie had a bigger budget. Oh, no, this nobody movie wanted... had a gigantic, ridiculous budget. Yeah, this was the most the expensive yeah. movie ever made at the time. Yeah. Because, you know. I didn't understand why they don't just have the planet 
like explode it because in the comics it's usually just krypton it, like its core or something they is mined unstable its core almost out and so there's nothing yeah, there holding so it, it together anymore and so it just explodes yeah. and i like the sun in all of the exterior shots that you see of Krypton, it doesn't look like there's a huge sun looming overhead. It's not like everything's illuminated red or yeah. yellow or anything. Um, and then that's supposed to be the cause of it, but I don't, I don't understand why they would even include that. They should have just had the planet blow up by itself. That's kind of an iconic image, too. Yeah. It's, you don't see, like, a giant sun in the planet. But whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, and then the recordings that Jor-El has this baby listening to are so far beyond understanding for his age range. <laughs> It's just, like, it's obvious exposition for the audience. Yeah, but like, to show that he has the whole of, of universal knowledge in there. But, the but thing this that baby's, me... like, a couple months old, maybe, yeah. and he's just going through, like... He's learning about, like, linear equations and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> it's yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, the thing that makes me the maddest about this is, you know, they show when he gets to Kansas, like, when he crashes in Kansas and... Mom, Pa can't find him and everything. He says, it's, we're not on Krypton anymore. Sure. But it's not the same baby. <laughs> Don't make that face at me. <laughs> like, Marlon Brando puts in this little well, bald-headed he's aged baby. three years whenever yeah, he Yeah, dude. Right, I know that. But what was the baby eating? Where was the baby going to the bathroom? Does the sea urchin have a toilet? Well, he was wearing a diaper, Christian. Not when he got to Kansas, he wasn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, and then later he travels, like, for 12 years through the galaxies or whatever while his dad is teaching him even more lessons. And it's like, I don't know what he's eating while he's doing all that. Well, That's he's all got I was superpowers thinking. at that point. He doesn't have superpowers. Uh... But he still has to eat, doesn't he? <coughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe they're feeding if, his body because his consciousness is the only thing hurtling through somebody, you know, time and space. Somebody with more uh, somebody with more knowledge on this subject, tweet at us. Does Superman eat? Because I really don't know. <laughs> or no, how is he being fed nutrients? How, how is he being? Does fed his while spaceship hurtling? and his fortress of solitude do they feed him and nourish his body while he his yeah. mind is out? Please, please let eats. us know. Later in the movie, Lois Lane asks him if he eats, and he goes, "Yeah, of course I eat." Well, I mean, oh, okay, maybe he just eats for fun. Who knows? No, maybe he, he doesn't have he eats to for food. It's like a vampire, like faking breathing. Yeah, when it doesn't have to, which it would absolutely have to. to He's speak, <laughs> Superman's at dinner, just like putting the fork up to his mouth and then tossing it to the side before putting the fork. Mmm, <laughs> good dinner. That's, that's why he really has crypto, the super dog, so he can <laughs> slide him food under the table. <laughs> Which man, crypto, crypto, the super dog. Uh, Talk about really oh, stretching man. the limits there. <laughs> oh, they also have dogs on that planet, too, that look just like they ours. have. Yeah, oh, they, and a monkey. They have a made a super everything. Yeah. Well, because yeah, there, so there is this theory that Krypton is actually Earth just really, really, really far in the future, and that's why Superman's physiology is so similar to humans? Yeah, I think that's what happens in uh, Red Sun. Yeah, I think so. But, uh... So... But, but yeah, we're, we're like 30 minutes in now. What is all this stuff flying around in space, too? It's like really trippy 70s effects that are really dizzying to yeah, watch. Yeah, I Dude, think it's it was supposed to be 70s. like it's supposed to be like galaxies and stuff like that, but yeah, it really just looks like it looks like the only thing to eat on the flying sea urchin. I just kept They didn't know what space looked like yet. <laughs> they I kept looked... waiting for the Star Child from 2001 a Space Odyssey to come <laughs> flying by. 
I guess he is the star child in this. The um, sea urchin child. Focus. And then Jor-El tells him over the, like, exposition that the baby's listening to, um, it is forbidden for you to interfere with human history. Hmm. I wonder if this will factor into the mm. plot later on in the movie. Well, and then they repeat it again before it actually does factor <laughs> Immediately into the before. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the ship crash lands on earth near Smallville, Kansas, where Kal-El, who is now three years old and naked and naked yeah, and very naked baby dick. <laughs> <laughs> Literally all I wrote down was kid dick because yeah, I, I didn't come watching. What did you write? You wrote movie. something different because oh. we all wrote something, the exact same thing. I wrote little kid pee pee. <laughs> 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 yeah. Because he, uh, um, uh, because you know, um, the 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 Kints, yes, the Kints, they drive up on, uh, they drive up on the the or they they're driving down the road and they see the the spaceship hit the ground and dust flies everywhere. So they go to see what's up, and this naked three year old kid climbs out of it. And typically in movies, even whenever it's little kids, like you know, they're like shoulders shoulders up, you know, stomach up, something like that. It is nope, yeah. this kid is straight up fully naked. And I think three years, I think two years old, one year old, like, yeah, little kids run around naked, that's whatever. <laughs> but I think once you get to three years old, should you really be running around naked? And looks, should we really be releasing it to a mass audience? It looks like a Nirvana cover. It does look like a Nirvana <laughs> cover. <laughs> it's just... I want to watch a fun superhero movie about a Jewish superhero and then just kid dick. Is he, is he circumcised? Oh, this is a Jewish superhero. I didn't even think about it. I didn't inspect the child actor's (laughs) dick long enough to see if he was circumcised. Does the Xbox uh, DVD player or Blu-ray? No, it does not have a zoom function. (laughs) Enhance. Enhance. Oh, God, de-enhance, de-enhance. Oh, no. He's He's got half his foreskin. (laughs) He's got half his foreskin. They want to keep it ambiguous. Put his schmeckle away. (laughs) I think that's the word for it. I don't don't know. know. Jewish listeners, please correct me. It's schmeckle. Is it schmeckle? So, yeah, uh, these two people, they're just astonished. They're, They're astonished when the baby lifts their truck up. Uh, but not the fact that there's a naked baby crawling out of a sea urchin <laughs> out, of a from yeah, the like, sky. out of a clear spaceship. This good Christian lady is just glad that God gave her a son, and she isn't blown away by the existence of life on other planets or the fact that aliens look just like us. She isn't worried about how they're going to get proper paperwork in order to prove this kid is a citizen. She isn't thinking anything she should be thinking. They don't even try. They don't even mention trying to find out if this kid has, like, parents. They're just like, well, yeah. he's ours now. Yeah, and look, he came from up like, there. Okay. How do you know it's not like Balloon Boy or something? Like, <laughs> just like but a real version of that. He just fell that. through an airplane toilet and came <laughs> crashing down. <laughs> They're just going to keep him. <laughs> yeah, and what's funny is this that. This is clearly, as far as they know, this is someone's child. Yeah, what's funny yes. is that, uh, you know, uh, Daddy Kent, whose name escapes me. What is it? John. John. Jonathan. Yeah, jo- Jonathan Kent. Pa Kent. Uh, he yeah. is he is initially resistant to keeping uh to keeping uh Kyle the baby the yeah. only reason he keeps them is because, because they're super baby yeah, lifts because up they a can truck. lift up the truck he's like no i don't think we should do this and then the kid lifts up a truck and i know as a man who lives in the country he's like oh man i could get so much use out of this free kid labor before he turns 18 yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well 
Well, he did crash Kent. land in Kansas, so. Yeah, I guess. I, what do you expect from something like that? <laughs> Ma and Pa Kent are bad people, I think. <laughs> they took a Jew and indoctrinated him into their Christian ideology. Pretty I, much. And I won't stand for it. Did you say ideology? Because I'm going to correct you Ideology. On that. There I'm, go. I'm right. sorry. Thank Idiot. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> So he grows up with them, uh, and teenage Clark looks nothing like Christopher Reeve, nope. who plays the grown-up Clark. No, absolutely you know what not. He, you know who he kind of looks like? He looks like a young American Littlefinger from... Uh, um, I get. I don't really see that comparison. I do. I see. But his hair is just obviously painted black. Yeah. <laughs> like, dyed black. It doesn't look natural at all. They just it sprayed really it weird. on there. Pretty much. It's spray paint. But he is wearing the highest high water pants I've ever seen in my life throughout most of his scenes. Like, they're really trying to hammer home that Clark Kent is a dork with these pants, and they're well, doing a oh good job. Oh, man. Uh, which I, uh, I'm i impressed throughout the uh, – well, this is this more plays into the later half of the movie, but the, the contrast between Clark Kent and later on Superman where he's like – big and buff and confident and yeah. Clark Kent being yeah he's a, he's a dork and he acts like a dork and he talks like a dork the contrast between those two I love. well literally the the differences between the two can be summed up by wimpy 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 hefty hefty hefty, 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 hefty. hefty. perfect oh my god he's a trash bag <laughs> superman's a trash he's bag he's a trash bag we figured it out but he's uh he's like working as the what do you call it the person who gets like the towels and the so- the drinks and stuff for the football equipment players. manager. Yeah, equipment I, manager. I was an equipment manager in high school. <laughs> towel boy, towel boy sounds towel that's boy sounds exactly a lot. What it is. Towel boy sounds a lot less innocent. So we were Christian not towel boys. That's a lot more demeaning. We were equipment managers, and I got a letterman from it. When's the last time you got somebody a towel? Did you ever get anybody a towel? No, that wasn't my job. Was there a towel boy? No. They had their own towels in their lockers. The only reason they call it equipment manager now is so it doesn't sound as demeaning as towel boy. But you have the exact same function. I never got anyone a towel. I washed jock straps and underwear. That's it. Oh, that is way more demeaning than getting somebody a towel. You were the jock strap and underwear boy then. (laughs) Congratulations. Yeah, you've you've been promoted. The equipment manager. I also got the equipment from the shed. I would go and I would get like the tires that they'd run around and like the cones and stuff. I did a lot of stuff. I made their Gatorade. And I just oh also man. washed their jock straps. And managed the equipment. Handled all their equipment and fluids. Don't <laughs> Don't raise your eyebrows when you say that stuff to me, man. I'm a good wholesome Jewish boy. So he's like Flirting with this girl, Lana Lang, who is from the comics, and she's like his girlfriend back in his hometown. What is with Superman and LL? I know. There's so many LLs. Lana Lang, Lois Lane, his birth mother's name is Laura LaVon. Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. Lionel Luthor. Lionel. Or, well, I think Lionel is just from Smallville. I don't think that's his name in the comics. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking Lex Luthor, but I almost said Loretta Lynn. <laughs> that's Loretta not the Lynn. same. That's not the same. That's not the same <laughs> at all. Pretty much the same. Lex but Luthor Lana is never Lang's a coal miner's daughter. 
Lana Lang is dating this football player, Brad, and this dude is so unstable. He, like, comes over, and he's grabbing her arm, and he's just kicking crap over, and just, like, this dude is abusive as hell. Yeah, Dude, I, it was the 50s. He could smack her around if he wanted to. I guess Yeah, so. I like how bad boyfriend in movies now a lot of the time is, like, he is, like, he, you know, asks where you're going. He's a jealous type. Uh, you know, he uh, he cheats on you. He's unfaithful or something like that. And back then, a bad boyfriend was like, he can beat you sometimes. Hey, uh, and he'll also try seen... to kill the nerd. <laughs> have you seen the Medea movie? I can do bad all by myself. No. There's just a bunch of abuse in that movie. There's a yeah, it's pretty horrifying. much all the Medea movies have good a good gosh. chunk of abuse in them, honestly. But I have spared myself the past thirteen thousand. Tyler Perry is dressed up as a woman and talks about. Yeah, how that's she... the greatest abuse from those. Yeah, movies. Well, yeah. I, I'm impressed that Tyler Perry has been dressed up as a director for the past couple of decades and hey, has done a terrible impression. He was pretty good in a movie a while. I don't remember what it was. Gone Maybe Girl. He, yeah, Gone Girl. He was, he was pretty the good only in Gone good Girl. part of that movie. I'm sorry. A lot of people love it. A lot of people love it because I posted about how much I didn't like it. And everyone was like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, you're that guy and stuff like that. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed just, the movie. That was one of the worst movies I've ever ever seen in the theater one of the worst you've ever seen and i love david fincher movies but anyway sorry we're getting we're going on a tangent now oh yeah um so yeah uh clark is hitting on lana and well she's flirting with him really and then brad drags her away and uh clark has to stay behind and pick up all the equipment and stuff and i just kept (laughs) did you just put equipment in parentheses not parentheses uh, air quotes. Air quotes. No, I didn't. Um, you did. I was going to be mad. But I said it in that way. Kind of. <laughs> the um, equipment. I just kept wondering, why did, Why doesn't he super speed pick up this stuff and because then go hang out with her? Because he, he super speed runs over and like encounters them where they're on a country road and they can't explain how he got oh, there. Oh, is this the part where he runs by the train oh, and yes. Lewis Man. sees him? This is the... Worst effect in the whole movie, I think. Oh, no, the God. flying, the stuff where he'll fly straight and then like turn backwards really oh, slowly. Oh, dude, I love that. Yeah, really? I don't, I don't hate the flying so much in this. Movie. I hate I not it. as much as the running. God, I hate parts of the flying, specifically the part where he flies straight at the camera and then does that super microscopically slow turnaround. I don't hate that at all. Yeah, that does not bother me, and it's not nearly as obvious as this kid running next to the train. And it looks like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo running yeah. next to it. His posture and everything. I don't know how they were doing this effect to make it look like he's running as fast as it. But he's clearly, like, being hoisted by something not actually right there next to the trainer. So I don't know, but it looks so bad. Yeah, it looks stupid. <laughs> it's not good. And then, of course, little Lois Lane is on the train with her parents. Who's, like, ten. Yeah. I didn't no, no, know. she's younger than that. She's Is like, she? Like yeah. eight, maybe? Something like that. I yeah, didn't like realize seven, there maybe. was that big of an age difference between Lois and Clark. Because there's not Which in the is comics. Funny because uh, Mar- Margot Kidder is several years older than Christopher Reeve. Is she? Yeah. I she's like that. four years older. Huh. I didn't know that. Um, and then the stupidest line her mother says, Oh, Lois Lane, you have a writer's gift for invention. Not a writer's gift for spelling. Like, that's just so stupid. Like, of course, she, oh, and then she grows up and she becomes a writer. Yeah, you could, you know, she's Lois Lane. Her name is foreshadowing enough. 
You don't have to be like, oh, man, I bet someday you'll tell us every day what happens on this <laughs> planet. <laughs> yeah, it's... Anyway, she's, <laughs> she says that because Lois sees the, the boy running next to the train as fast as the train, and nobody, her parents don't believe her. She's just so cute. Whatever. Um, well, how can you believe her? She's adorable. So, uh, Clark Kent's dad dies from a heart attack. Pretty comic book accurate. Yeah. You see that, Zack Snyder? He died from a heart attack, and that is perfectly fine. He does not need to get killed in a stupid tornado just to throw in another <laughs> unnecessary action scene. Hey. And it's just like, that is a, that's a great lesson for Superman to have to learn that he can't save everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's humbling. And, to like and it's human, it, you know? Yeah, it's very humanizing for him. Which is something that character needs constantly. Yeah. To be relatable at all and just the whole Oh, uh well in I've that got case a lot of problems with Man of Steel, but hey, that's uh, a big one. <laughs> hey Zack Snyder, Superman needs to be relatable. Because he's just not yeah. relatable in those movies. Not at all. Yeah, I think I think in going for like the idea of grit, you know what I mean? In the interest of grit, they I think emphasize like him being you know more godlike and they didn't re they didn't like make it realize this dude has to fit into human society too and like and he has to understand how to interact with people and empathize with people and they took away all his charm he's not superman in this movie in the 78 movie and in the comics is kind of a boy scout but like a happy-go-lucky you know, he cracks jokes oh, and stuff. Oh, he's charismatic. He's very charismatic. And there's yeah. certainly a level of camp that wouldn't work nowadays. Yeah. But there is nothing wrong with his attitude and stuff. Yeah. In the new movies, he's just a mopey, miserable... Yeah, uh, just conflicted Just a character all the time, I don't like, care about. Yeah. I don't blend in. Which sucks, yeah. because Henry Cavill is not just a good actor, but he's a fun, charismatic actor with great comedic timing, if you've seen Man from Uncle. Hopefully, uh... Uh, what's his name? Joss Whedon. Yeah, hopefully he's able to inject some of that and draw yeah, some fingers of that out crossed, of in this man. new movie. Um, so anyway, his dad dies, and uh, Clark hears a psychic call and discovers a glowing crystal in the remains of his spacecraft. Is that uh, kryptonite? No, I don't think it is, which no, is confusing. But why would they make it green? Why no, would they it make it a no green sense. crystal? Make it blue. Yeah. Blue I or red? Blue or red. that. Because I thought it was kryptonite for a while, too. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, if you're not, I don't know why you wouldn't be, but if you're not familiar with Superman, kryptonite is his weakness, and it's like a it it's is irradiated chunk of his home planet. It, it is literally a piece of his house. His dad just breaks off a piece of the structure of the house and tosses it in the spaceship. I think it's debris yeah. that kind of followed with the spacecraft and fell to Earth with the spacecraft. Well, it's stupid, um, whatever it is. It's but it's green, weakness. and in this movie, this crystal that his dad has saved for him is also green. Hell, and it's in this the movie, stupidest... the kryptonite is green. The kryptonite is green in this movie. Yeah. And they still made the crystal also green. The same shade. Of green. Yeah, it Which is. Which is something that they kind of carried on with uh, the Brian Singer Superman Returns movie. But in that, they made it to where the green crystal that provides knowledge and everything is also kryptonite. Because he ends up throwing it and making an island of kryptonite. Yeah. So, well, let's not talk about that movie. Yeah, right we'll now. get there. We'll get there. I don't want um, to, but yeah. So, 
the crystal compels him to travel to the Arctic for a reason that is never explained in this movie. Yeah, he it's just, like he, it's like just a compass type thing. Or how does he get there? Too does he? He can run or fly, and, dude. He knows he has powers. Oh at this wait, point. yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> never He's, mind. The answer to that is. The movie is Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Not well, bad. And also, before he leaves, every moment I've expected a supporting female character to get a word in or say something of importance in this movie, it hasn't happened. Like, at the funeral, the mom doesn't say anything, I don't think, and then he's leaving, and he's standing, like, a mile away from his house just in a field, and sh- this old lady has to <laughs> walk all the way out there just to go stand there, and he talks to her, and she barely says a word. All she says is promise you won't forget us yeah superman's such an ass he doesn't even come back to talk to his mom ever is she yeah is she in this movie at all after nope that? nope nope not one not bit. even mentioned i don't think she's in the rest of the series at all i told you superman just stops talking to his mom <laughs> promise you won't forget us <laughs> okay and he's already running what <laughs> just just right <laughs> uh so, yeah, he goes to the Arctic for no reason at all, and he throws the crystal, and it lands in the ice and kind of sinks in, and it builds up into his Fortress of Solitude, which ice doesn't wobble like that, for one. In this oh, scene, yeah. it's wobbling like tarp, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which it, I think it, looks it is. Like, yeah, it looks like it's made out of, like, very jiggly foam. Oh, also yeah. the scene with his mom before he leaves is the really, really obvious uh, Cheerios product placement. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Walking through the house looking for Clark, carrying this box of Cheerios every step. And then it just shows a shot of, like, the sun rising over the fields outside. There's a beam of light through coming there. through the window, and she yeah. sets the and cereal down. she sets down. the cereal down so right in front of so it. So that Cheerios is illuminated. It's <laughs> <laughs> so distracting. Clark, come lower your cholesterol with every spoon. <laughs> Don't want to have a heart attack like your father, and Cheerios is a great way to help your heart. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, if you aren't familiar, though, with the backstory of Superman, the first 45 minutes of this movie must seem absolutely insane. <laughs> like, this exploding alien planet, and then these people raise this little alien baby, and he's, like, running along by the train, and then he goes to the Arctic and just throws this crystal, and, like... For some reason. <laughs> for Even for a comic book fan, a lot of this is like, I don't understand that at all. And so for an average moviegoer, I'm sure just visually it's awesome to watch, but you've got to be thinking, like, what is any of this? This is a long, long origin sequence, too. It's yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's 45 minutes into the movie right yeah, there. Yeah, I'm literally... Well, see, it's perfect, because we we're 48 minutes into the podcast, so we have blow f- we've blow for blowed it so oh, far. Oh, wow. Well. Nice. We gotta speed up then, cause this movie's two and a half hours long. Oh crap! Okay, yeah. so <laughs> Maybe we, uh, I didn't realize I didn't remember it was that long. Inside the Fortress of Solitude, a hologram of Jor-El explains Clark's origins, and after twelve further years of educating him on his powers and responsibilities, he where leaves. he doesn't eat. Yeah, yeah where this is where he, we were talking about, where he teaches him about all the known galaxies. He photosynthesizes. Yeah, he says like the twenty-eight known galaxies or something like yeah. that, which does. That ju- that means like galaxies that they know everything about, right? Not like that I they f- only know of twenty eight. We know so. of like, <clears throat> oh yeah, there are hundreds, hundreds of we thousands. know of like a hundred yeah. billion or something. Yeah. yeah, 
We're well, a lot smarter than Jor-El. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, nice. I assume it's just, like, the galaxies that they know enough to say this is the cum- the culmination of all of the knowledge. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, so then he leaves the fortress wearing a blue and red suit with a House of L family crest on his chest. Finally, he turns into Superman after, like, 50 minutes in this movie. It's an at hour. Least. Yeah. It's an he's, hour he's, or so, yeah. He finally dons the suit. And we got more Jesus parallels during that <sighs> conversation with his dad. His dad's telling him that he sent him to Earth so that he could be their savior <laughs> and give them something to look up to and all this. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, I think that it's. Oh man, I just did that. You did the thing. spit swallowing thing. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, He's not. Um, I think that it's you know it's it's fine whatever that they have the parallels of of uh, Jesus Christ in the Superman narrative in like all of the movies and stuff like that. But um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it gets really ham-fisted. It's like, I feel like maybe it's it can be more of like a Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe thing where it's like, it's its own story, but it just parallels yes. this. But but I feel like with Superman, oftentimes he is just, he is barely not just, you know, Christ. He's like, you know, it's like, it's like the story with just like this thin veneer on it top really of it. is literally yeah. the death of Superman arc uh, from the comics <laughs> oh, and from Batman oh, versus Superman. Oh yes, he dies and is resurrected. My main problem with it is that that's just one parallel to make, or one sort of like overarching theme for mm-hmm. the story, and they've used it in every single yeah, Superman definitely. movie, mm-hmm. like. When they did Superman Returns, there was a kind of a what do you call it a a slight reboot or a, I wouldn't call it it's not a reboot it's, it's a direct a sequel. weird sequel yeah it is but there's like a a term for it though where it is just a like soft a reboot soft reboot or a spiritual successor maybe nah yeah. it would be so, I would call I would it say soft, soft yeah. reboot yeah. um and yeah they do it there and then i was thinking okay Zack snyder of all people is not gonna do that right and then sure enough it's all over those movies too and it's like there are more there there's more than one way to tell this story yeah justice league is gonna suck i just needed to see why not go with like the greek gods parallels and stuff like that because yeah of which leading up to the justice league come on yeah of which superman is a perfect representation of like the idealized person like the greek gods were you know what i mean well, yeah. the problem like they were all that, about being the idealized person the one thing that i will say on the whole greek god i mean there are plenty of parallels that can be made with superman but the greek god one specifically in the new dc universe is they're using shazam too or captain marvel uh, eventually yeah and he kind of fills that role a little bit I suppose um, because I mean literally Shazam is like the Z stands for Zeus. Zeus H is like Hercules, that. you know things yeah. like that. Um, and they've been talking about that movie for like fifteen years. Literally, Dwayne the Rock Johnson has been cast as Black Adam since two thousand six. And he's and now they're saying he's not even going to be in that movie. If I don't, he's going to be in he's his own. Be, if yeah. I don't get The Rock as Black Adam, I'm going to be If I don't get him He looks as, just like Black if Adam. If I don't get The Rock as Black Adam in the Shazam movie, oh, yeah. I'll be furious. Like, yeah, they've been teasing us with this for too long. Who else long. are they going to do it. in that movie? 
and they're talking about doing a standalone Black Adam movie. I don't care about Black Adam. Yeah, we he's a own. he is the villain to Shazam. I he's barely not, care he's not about somebody Shazam. That I, he's not somebody I need a standalone film for. That's like the standalone Venom movie that they're coming out with before they've really fully established Spider-Man. Like, oh, no, man. that's not going to well, work. Well, and I mean, there's still well. like a toss-up between is the Venom movie connected to the MCU? Is it not? I Nobody think they've really confirmed knows. that it is, but they no, weren't supposed uh, to. Kathleen Kennedy confirmed it was. Kevin Feige confirmed it wasn't. Then he confirmed it was. Kathleen Kennedy confirmed it wasn't. Nobody knows. I don't even care, honestly. I don't I've either. got superhero fatigue. <laughs> but, um... Uh, so, he becomes a reporter at the Daily Planet in Metropolis, uh, which is like a, a newspaper. And uh, he meets and develops an unrequited romantic attraction to co-worker Lois Lane. There we go. I got it. He is a journalist. That is the second most Jewish occupation there. Third most behind uh, a Christian, you are just barely, you are just barely Jewish enough to, to say I'm things like this. I'm talking stereotypically. <laughs> stereotypically, the you three. You are talking stereotypically, I feel like. <laughs> it's a common stereotype that the three jobs Jewish people have most often is uh, um, accountant, delicatessen owner or journalist i see i have never heard journalist i've never heard that either have you guys not i've heard rabbi (laughs) (laughs) i've heard hasidic jew professional hasidic jew (laughs) i i do not think that's a thing i don't know a lot but i do know what do you do for a living oh i'm a hasidic jew uh what? Cool. But in my but in my free time, I'm a journalist. That's <laughs> <laughs> a hobby. I'm so a devout Christian. Now we're introduced to the Daily Planet, the newspaper that he writes for, and Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, who is Superman's pal, photographer. He's just his friend. <laughs> and Perry White, who is the chief in charge of the, the Daily Planet. He's the J. Jonah. All regular supporting characters to Superman in the comics. And they're introduced right off the bat, which is good. I like yeah. that the movie yeah. just gets right to it. And he is very much the J. Jonah Jameson of yeah. this universe. I want pictures of Superman! <laughs> <laughs> um, and he has to tell Lois, one of the first lines, there's only one P in rapist. <laughs> Rapist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, she works at a newspaper. <laughs> she is and like she's the clearly head a journalist. Yeah, and she's clearly a seasoned reporter at this point. And he's correcting her spelling all throughout this movie. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, that's I have I have oh my god, rapist written. Rapist. <laughs> Clark pretends uh, not to be able to open a bottle for Perry and asks for half his salary to be sent to his mother. Christopher Reeve is so good in this role. It's unbelievable. He's oh, yes. He's so good. Yes. He's the perfect Superman. Like, I went into this movie thinking, oh, it's all campy and stuff, and I hate it. I don't remember anything that I like about it, really. But, man, it's so true. He's just, he's got this role down so perfectly. I mean, he won a BAFTA for this movie. Well, he, he went to Juilliard. That's where he yeah. learned acting. Oh, I didn't know that Christopher Reeve went to Juilliard? Yeah. I had no idea. I think he went... With Kevin Conroy, they were like there at the exact same time. Superman and Batman. No kidding. That's no badass. Kidding. Is uh, was he a meathead when he went to Julie? Is there a are there meatheads at Julia? Meathead thespians. <laughs> meathead thespians. Hey, yeah. Bro, I'm gonna get the lead. Like, and I'm gonna give you a wedgie. <laughs> 
What? You think you got what it takes to be King Lear? <laughs> More like King Queer. <laughs> Jesus. There's no way, though, because every story I've ever read about Christopher Reeve has been that he was a really sweet man. Yeah. So. Well, which actually, uh, he bulked up for this movie, so he probably wasn't like a meathead meathead then. Yeah, I think uh, he, he was bulked like up with under the, 200 pounds. Yeah, he, he, was he did off. a bodybuilding regimen with uh, David Prowse, the guy who played Darth the body Vader. of Darth Vader. Yeah. Well, but not the voice. If you've ever seen the, the not the, the voice or the face. If you've ever seen the cuts of uh of uh Star Wars where they don't have James Earl Jones's voice dubbed in yet, and it's David Prowse performing the lines, makes a world of difference. Oh man, <laughs> in a bad way. Join me, my son, and together we will rule the galaxy. No wonder that guy became a bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Sorry, David Prowse. I'm not. Um, so, yeah, but just his little things that he does, like not pretending that he can't open the bottle. Yeah. And like the he's constantly doing the pushing up his, changes. his glasses. Oh, yeah. Pushing his up posture his is a huge thing in it. His posture is huge because he like he slouches and his shoulders kind of slump forward. And then he just he yeah. like transforms into Superman. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. amazing. Him, he's he's incredibly buff. He's incredibly cut, super muscular, very tall. And if I like if I saw him doing that stuff out in public, I feel like I wouldn't know that he was all of those things because he camouflages it so yeah, and well. And there, there is a story. It was uh, as they were recording at whatever studio. I can't remember who the actor was. Oh, I read this too. That watched him walk by in the Superman suit, and all these ladies were just like turning their heads and flocking around him and everything. And then later he walked through dressed as Clark Kent, and nobody noticed at all. <laughs> It's yeah, like, that's man. that's weird. It's weird that it's proof that the Clark Kent disguise works. Because yeah, we make because jokes. yeah, people have been making fun of that disguise for decades. Well, it's because <laughs> in movies like uh, Superman Returns and in the Zack Snyder Superman movies, Brandon Routh and uh, um, Man of Steel, who plays Superman, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. They don't do that stuff. Henry Cavill in. Uh, Man of Steel is Superman whether he's in human clothes or not. Yeah. He's even got the curly I mean, But the they kind of get time. rid of the secret identity as far as like Lois Lane and stuff. So it makes up for it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little. I just, it's, it's a huge part of the character, though, that's missing. And you really, it's it's missed. Those movies are stupid. Um, So at the end of the workday, Lois and Clark are immediately mugged at gunpoint outside of the Daily Planet. Lois drops her purse, and when the mugger bends down to get it, she kicks him in the face like an idiot. I was like, just give him your purse and <laughs> let him go. Yeah, let him purse. Lady. I know she's like a sassy, no-nonsense lady, but come on. Although, I don't know if either of you guys have ever been mugged before. Uh, last year, I got mugged, and anyone who doesn't just give them what they ask for is stupid. This guy told me to give, me, give, me, give him my money. I gave him the 20 bucks. And he left. Had I kicked him in the face, I probably would have died. Because. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's cool for showing, like, somebody being gutsy or something like that. But, yeah, it's totally unrealistic. Like, if a mugger and comes up to me. And she's going to get shot if yeah. he's not Superman because he catches the bullet before <laughs> oh, it hits yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. It. I like the way they film it. Yeah. Whenever he catches it, they kind of slow it down a little bit for, like, 
the best slow mo they could do at the time. Yeah. And uh, without it being too cheesy. It's not as good as Brandon Routh's Superman Returns. That shot that was in all the trailers. Oh, that shot in his eyeball. Eye. Yeah, it yeah. bounces off his eye. It just, I, <laughs> yeah, I remember I watched that when I was pretty young, and I remember watching that and being like, if I never watch that movie again, which unfortunately I'll have to someday. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that shot i would still remember that one shot because they did market it so heavily oh I like man that shot i know too. yeah i like it too yeah it's cool um but anyway she gets to keep her purse yay <laughs> congrats <laughs> so then we're introduced to lex Luthor's bumbling sidekick otis one character this movie could easily do without his name is otis yes. yeah i guess and i didn't catch that. lex already has comic relief in miss tesh mocker miss and no bra Yes. Yeah. Miss porn star. Yeah. Miss yeah. cast for her breasts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, she's already got like enough comic relief, kind of like airheadedness. Yeah. You don't need this idiot character. And honestly, Lex Luthor, he provides a good chunk of comic relief himself mm-hmm. in yeah. here. Give him henchmen. Gene Hackman yeah. is very fun and funny in this movie. I'm like, he's got two people that follow him. Yeah, I think okay. that the I think having Otis was totally unnecessary, and it really was. Yeah, I just think they wanted some like bumbling slapstick guy, but I I don't. And think I it was can't necessary. even say that I appreciate like Ned Betty's performance. No, really. I I, I can say that I don't. In yeah. fact, yes. Uh, so two cops follow this guy uh, through the city and down to a train tunnel, and Lex is only seen Doctor Claw style at first at a control board. And he kills one cop by launching him onto the train track, which is pretty brutal. Like, yeah. Right off the bat, they're being kind of brutal with this dude, so I, I like that. And he's, like, appropriately character. sardonic about it, so you can tell that, like, he's, you know, you can tell that he's, like, not a sympathetic villain or anything like that. He's just a villain. <laughs> yep. And, uh, oh, and boy, does he have a villainous real estate swindle cooking up. <laughs> Man. The real estate scheme is also stupid in this movie. <laughs> Most of what they do with Lex in this movie, I don't like it. Yeah, all. they could have. They really could have gone with a take over the world thing a little more easy, a little more easily. I think there than... is no take over the world thing. His whole plan is literally just to sell some real estate. Yeah, that's what I mean. They could have. They could have gone with a take over the world angle using the vast majority of the same script, the same effects, the same shots. Uh, and they could have just altered some of his dialogue a little bit and gone with a takeover the world scheme, and, and instead and they his don't. plan to like uh, bomb the what is it the San Andreas the San Andreas fault yeah. So then he jumps in and he's automatically got this real estate plan cooked up. They're gonna the authorities are automatically gonna know who's responsible, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you just got all this planned, huh? That's. Really convenient for you, sir. This guy who they've, uh, who they've, who they're they're pursuing. They know that Lex Luthor isn't a good guy. He lives because, in yeah. a subway. Well, they've th- because in the yeah. uh, in the comics, a lot of the time, Lex Luthor he has like a face as a reputable business owner. Yeah, he's literally in like this, Bruce, which Wayne. makes yeah. so much more sense. Yeah, but in this, he is a vil- they know he's not a good. Yeah, guy. Yeah, he's already a he's a already criminal. Yeah, he's already a criminal. So how the greatest criminal mastermind in the world? How the hell is this guy going to come out of hiding and sell real estate? <laughs> So One of the most legally stupid. regulated professions in the world. <laughs> and also, you know, Gene Hackman is a great villain when he wants to be. When he tries. When he tries. 
for this movie, it's kind of like the Marlon Brando thing, not one to memorize lines. Yeah. Of course, Brando's thing was that he uh, he felt like he gave a more natural performance when he's doing it for the first time. And uh, with Gene Hackman, though, he didn't want to shave his head, and he didn't want to shave his mustache for this character. If you're going like if you're if you're getting paid millions of dollars, shave your head and your mustache. Yeah, yeah. It will grow back. Literally when <laughs> Suck I Suck it up. When I auditioned for my show, I checked the box. There's a box you have to check. Are you willing to shave or are you willing to cut slash dye your hair and or facial hair? And I checked yes and I wasn't even getting paid. It was just a college performance. Right? It, you yeah. know? If I'm, I'm being paid millions of dollars, they can shave everything they can they shave want. the skin off of me yeah if they're paying me <laughs> i will buy dollars. more skin yeah <laughs> it's just this diva like people getting paid millions of dollars for too long attitude that grinds my which is which is a shame because you know both gene hackman and marlon brando are both you know ph- like phenomenal actors i don't know and it sucks just that they, terrible people yeah it sucks that they ended with. up being that way have you seen welcome to Mooseport? No. Did anybody see Welcome to Mooseport? Uh, no. <laughs> Ray Romano did. I'm yes. sure. I saw the advertisements for it while Everybody Loves Raymond was on Nick at Night, but that's as close as I ever got to watching Welcome to Mooseport. And then Gene Hackman said, well, I'm done. <laughs> Good. So back at the planet, Lois is wearing a pink dress with a white tie. Good Lord. Very, very <laughs> 70s. She also spelled Brazier with a Z. <laughs> I'm a guy, and I know it's not. Sp- how does a woman get to be in her 30s and not know how to spell brazier? It was the 70s. Nobody was wearing one. Ooh, <laughs> That's true. They had forgotten. Point. Good point. <laughs> they were burning them. Uh, Clark asks her out anyway, despite her stupid outfit and her poor spelling. <laughs> but she's busy covering a story. He absentmindedly tries to follow her into the ladies' room, and she has to point it out to him. And then his jacket gets caught in the door. And then he tries to catch an elevator down and misses it, and then another, but it's going up. <laughs> this is how you bumble, Otis. Okay. Yeah, that is, man. Yeah, this this sequence. It seems silly, but man, what a credit! Again, yeah, I want to repeat, what a credit it. to Christopher Reeve. He's yeah. selling it one hundred percent. I'm not thinking like, oh, this bumbling idiot. I'm just like in awe of this guy pulling off this, and then the Superman persona, and pulling them off, pulling them both off well, very yeah. well. Yeah, he it's looks... never like, oh my gosh, it's never tiring or like, oh, we get it. He's a bumbling idiot. No, he he like in. he peppers it in here and there because he's he always has the voice and he always has like the kind of not self confident way of sp- speaking but yeah. he uh speaks in a little higher tone yeah but oh, well, he uh, lois but just every once in a while he'll do this little bumbling thing and it's so good man gosh i could that watch, scene especially yeah i could watch i could watch all of those like highlights over and over and they're good every time yeah that night lois is dressed in a japanese school kids outfit <laughs> <laughs> and she becomes involved in a helicopter accident where conventional means of rescue are impossible requiring clark to use his powers in public for the first time to save her he uh he glances at a payphone but it's a modern payphone for the time so there's no booth around it at all to change into superman i thought which, that was pretty funny i thought it was yeah. too i liked it <laughs> Uh, and then he chooses a revolving door to change in instead, and he spins around really fast in it, and he's in his outfit. And he saves Lois when she falls, and uh, the helicopter is still, like, dangling there, I guess, at first. And uh, But he goes up, and he, he saves that, too. 
I'm not sure why. <laughs> well, it, oh, because the helicopter's dangling and it falls off and it's going to hit the pedestrians down oh, below. Oh, that's right. So he flies down with Lois an arm and grabs the helicopter and and rests it on top of the building. And there's a there's a female reporter on the ground running circles around the female reporter from Spider Man Three. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Literally, uh, Betty Brant in Spider Man Homecoming ran circles around the reporter from Spider Man Three. Oh man! Oh, man. And that lady absolutely committed suicide. Yeah. So if you did she? She yes. No, she did. definitely yes. did. Yeah. I because of bad. because of that movie? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe partially, but. Jesus probably, Christ! It probably, I don't think so. It, it probably didn't help. <laughs> anyway, just we YouTube, apologize. YouTube yeah. Spider-Man Three reporter. If you want to see what we're talking about, it's it's pretty rough. And then YouTube that new song by Logic. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> so, do super, not YouTube the second one. <laughs> we are real edgy today. <laughs> no. Superman goes on to thwart a jewel thief attempting to scale a building using suction cups, <laughs> which has anybody ever done this? And how did this become such a popular yeah, like, you, pop cultural okay. thing? It's everywhere. Do you guys know the uh, the things where it, it's like this round disc with a strap and you'd put it on your hand and it was Velcro. And oh, yeah. And you would ball. throw the ball. My grandma had a set of those when I was a kid. <laughs> You can you you can stop there. I know the rest of this story. <laughs> I attached I attached some Velcro to the wall, and I put those on. And I might have climbed up the wall a little bit. Maybe they're going for something like that. It can be done. Uh, I used to. Uh, my dad had two very long levels, like for uh, you know, like for construction and stuff. Right. Uh, and I used to hold one in each hand and wave them back and forth and pretend like I was the arms that blocked the railroad crossing <laughs> i used to uh i was trying to be spider-man i was fat I was trying and fell to be down. a railroad crossing <laughs> how old were you i used I to know, i really loved trains when i was when i was little i used to uh behave like a normal person <laughs> i still do sometimes but i used to too <laughs> i still no, do, actually I used to okay too. my nerdy thing like that i used to uh grab this round pillow that my like a throw pillow my grandma had on her couch yeah. and i would put it on my back and i would strap a belt around and, and i would be a ninja, turtle. ninja turtle i yep. knew it <laughs> the I second you said too. put it behind me i was like oh he was a ninja turtle yep. i cut up one of my grandma's blue nightgowns it was like a white nightgown with like blue flowers on it though and so i cut it up and made a mask and thought i was leonardo <laughs> and then i'd put one on the front too and be a pregnant ninja turtle <laughs> Be a ninja ice cream sandwich. I didn't have sandwich. to put one on the front. I cannot iterate this enough. I was a really fat kid, and so I just, if I wanted to pretend to be pregnant, I just was me. You were just you. Um, womp womp. You've always been a snowman. But this man. is so impractical, though. This guy's so high up on this building. Imagine how tired your body would be to just, like, to do that. That's, like, dude, go inside you, and yeah, disable any, the alarm system. Do you have system. any energy left to rob this place? <laughs> Right? What's how do you get down? Do you he takes a fire escape? But I will say yourself again. I will say uh, to the amazing Spider-Man movie that we reviewed last time. This is how you do crawling up the side of a building. (laughs) Notice how the thief's ass isn't sticking straight out. (laughs) Notice how he's not crawling like a dog that hasn't pooped in hours. (laughs) Notice how he's not looking between his legs every five seconds. 
I hate that. The only problem with this scene is Superman's cape because he's standing uh, parallel to the ground in front of the guy. Like the thief is crawling up the building and then suddenly he looks forward and Superman is standing right there against the glass. But his cape is still kind of flowing next to him, not like drooping downwards how it should be. Um, but Maybe it was I supposed could... to be like a majestic look or something like that. Maybe but... Superman uh, was secretly using his super breath to, uh, which <laughs> don't laugh, that's time. a real thing. Yeah. Oh, I know. To make it like flow back and everything. Superman's <laughs> actually just brushing. He farted on accident. And he's flapping it away from himself. <laughs> that's what's making his cape flap. <laughs> Maybe whatever vision he uses to rebuild the Great Wall of China in the later movie is what he's using to hold his cape in place. Rebuild vision, you know. So stupid. <laughs> um, so he then he captures robbers fleeing uh, police on the river by depositing their boat at the police station. These thieves in bad Christmas sweater ski masks. <laughs> <laughs> Which this, this uh, scene pretty effectively establishes like the police appreciate Superman. It's not like uh, Spider-Man where, like, or the citizens, yeah, where the citizens like him, but the police, you know, they, they have to chase him or something. It establishes pretty well here that, yeah, the police, they're totally cool with Superman doing all of this stuff, which probably wouldn't work today. Um, but in this universe, yeah, it makes sense, sure. and it makes things much more effective. I don't know if you've got, like, a bad memory or something. Uh, or, or I've re- never read the comic books. In Batman 1966... The oh. cops are oh. a okay oh. with Batman. <laughs> Batman they and are Robin are cops, enforcers of <laughs> but, the law. But usually, it's not that well, way. Yeah. Well, yeah. also, the cops in this movie, when they see Superman has dropped this boat off in the middle of the street outside their police station, they talk about going to grab a drink because they just can't believe it. And Superman doesn't talk about how they're worthless and oh, should die yeah. <laughs> like Robin would have in the yeah. Batman 66 movie. Robin grew up to be Lex Luthor. That's not Gene Hackman. That's oh, just Burt Ward. That's Burt Ward. Yep. We solved it. Confirmed. Um, so he rescues a girl's cat after that from a tree in her neighborhood. Of course. Iconic. That has to be in every yeah. Superman origin story. <laughs> it's as dumb and corny and cheesy as it is. It's just it's a staple, man. It's, it has to be there. And you know what? Throw in one scene like that in the newer Man of Steel, Batman v Superman movies, and it makes a world of difference. He for becomes that a human again. Yeah. yeah. Not, they just well, got to make sure. I mean, sure he's not a human, but you know what I mean. We got to make humanized. sure he rescues the cat at nighttime. Oh, and he saves. Is it? I guess it's Air Force One. The plane. Yes, yeah. it is Air Force One. I didn't. I didn't reckon, or realize that it was Air Force One when watching yeah. it. But yeah, lightning strikes and destroys the port outboard engine making the caped wonder an instant celebrity when he goes and kind of takes the place of the which by the the way if you're on a plane and one of the engines goes out you're gonna be okay yeah a jetliner can fly with one engine they can like you know those giant like four engine planes they can fly with one engine so if you have three other engines what about in the 70s though Yeah. yeah Because they use they use a lot of times they use really really similar technology. Yeah, planes mm-hmm. can. Yeah, it, uh, once jet technology was invented, like the big seven forty seven seven thirty seven jetliners. Yeah, they can fly with one engine. Oh, well. They they're not supposed to, but they can. Yeah. Well, Superman wasted his time. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Superman, wasting your time on the president. I mean, I guess because the president was on board, that's good that he's like making sure that they get where they're going, who depending on get? what president it who was. Who was the president yeah, in 1978? I'm just saying, you can fly without... I don't know. I need to know who the president was in 1978. You look it up. I will. Um, it was Gene Hackman. <laughs> it was Gene well, then, <laughs> then let the plane go down. 
Oh, man. After that, Superman's dad tells him not to get carried away and to keep his secret identity. Wait, which... Which, uh... The one that's... Dad? The one that's alive... Or the one that is... The can, one that can didn't speak die? To him. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're well, both dead. Yeah, but yeah, the one that can speak to him. Oh, it's Jimmy Carter. Let that plane go down. <laughs> Who cares? Jimmy Carter is still alive! What oh. are you saying? He, he shouldn't be. He's a hundred. That's awful. Jimmy Carter is a great person. Oh, yeah. And an incredible philanthropist. I guess. Anyway, friends, family, fans of Jimmy Carter... I'm on your side. I love Jimmy Carter. Not a great president, great person all around. I don't honestly know anything about Jimmy Carter. Yeah, I really don't care so, about uh, Jimmy Carter. I'm not saying bad. I don't care about him. I'm just saying I don't know anything I am. about him. I don't give a shit. Dang, Christian. He's on it. He's sauce it today. So, let's see. So, Lex immediately hates Superman for no reason. There's, I, just, I can't even remember what he's just reasoning a they gave. Yeah, yeah. he just, he hates the idea immediately. <laughs> and he's out to, like, get him and whatever, continue his real whatever, estate scheme. Whatever reason they gave, it is still so much better than... Whatever reason Jesse Eisenberg, Lex yeah. Luthor had. <laughs> Demons come yep. from the sky and my dad hit me and it's all Superman's fault! I still think that Michael Rosenbaum was the best Lex Luthor live action version ever from smallville that yeah. show had like a like it hasn't aged well in a lot of ways it has a lot of like soap opera cw drama behind it oh man, but man that guy's performance is fantastic the only one i would think might be better than michael rosenbaum is uh and i might catch some flack for this i don't know but uh kevin spacey and superman returns i thought was far and away i think the he was a good continuation of, of this version yeah and it was another real estate scheme yeah i guess that's true i just like michael rosenbaum because he is a businessman first and he's also doing science experiments and stuff like that it's yeah, yeah it's it's kind of more faithful Which, i guess rather yeah, I like than just being idea, like a real estate magnet i like the idea of uh clark and lex kind of growing up together well and in the comic apart. books they did yeah they grew up together in the it Lex was... Luthor hates Superman in the comic books for the stupidest reason. Well, it was like that was established later, him them growing up together, and then they've since retconned this reasoning that you're about to oh, give. Oh, the cause... one where, okay, originally in the comic books, Lex Luthor hates Superman because they were friends growing up, and he blames Superman for him losing his hair. Yeah, he was working on some <laughs> science experiment that Superman accidentally messed up, and it caused him to lose his hair and it's so stupid <laughs> comics um, are weird man so perry uh the chief at the daily planet wants the single most important interview since god talked to moses <laughs> <laughs> he wants someone to interview superman luckily superman's got a thing for lois lane so uh superman shows up at her place and he checks her for lung cancer and he looks at her underwear yeah they have a very sexually oh, charged man. conversation this, yeah i know that a recurring theme of the past few movies has been uh the smut the 70s smut that manages to insert itself <laughs> in these movies it and bit. man yeah during this scene it's, it's still played mostly like as a joke yeah but the, but the sexual tension really does kind of come out of nowhere in this scene and it yeah. feels a little out of place to me yeah um and she's she's interviewing him for the paper what Oh, I was just going to say, we're getting to the part I'm most excited to talk oh, about. Oh, no. <laughs> I am so I know what so you're talking excited. about. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep, I know yep. what it is. All right. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, she's interviewing him though to publish an article in the Daily Planet, and he tells her he can't see through lead. Why would you divulge any of your weaknesses to anyone ever if you're Superman? Yeah, in an exclusive interview, in the only the first person you've talked to, like in a media capacity, it's like if uh, if an army general was interviewing somebody about going to, or was yeah interviewing with somebody about going to war, and he was like, "Well, our left flank is uh, it's really not looking very good. If somebody attacked <laughs> that, I would just." We've got all of our secret agents positioned in exactly these places. Please don't attack us. <laughs> um, and she can't spell Krypton. She tries to spell it C-R-I-P-T-O-N. <laughs> Krypton? She's an idiot. Krypton. Um, and then... Rival planet her... of Bloodton. <laughs> <laughs> Latin Kington is its own thing. Latin Kington. <laughs> It's, they've got their own Superman who's like dresses in reverse colors where it's mostly red. <laughs> and no blue. No blue. No blue. <laughs> no blue. <laughs> yeah, this Superman needs to keep that. He needs to have a blue cape. <laughs> Hanging on the back side, only on the left side. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the, the crip side. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Super nephew? <laughs> oh, no. oh, Lois Lizzle. <laughs> new t shirt. New t shirt right there. Snooper Man. Snooper Man. <laughs> oh my oh. god. <laughs> so. <laughs> then Superman takes Lois Lane for a flight over the city. <sighs> you want to get high? <laughs> No, Superman, not Snooperman. Focus. That's, that's right, that's right. And she recites a bad poem. Oh. Sky poem, baby. Yeah. It's a song, and originally she was supposed to sing in this scene, but then they changed it to where she's just reciting it as a poem. Um, The problem I have with this scene, and, and there's a lot of them, but the biggest one is that it's just... So unnecessary. There's it's, no. It adds nothing. It doesn't advance the plot. There's it's so no long too. And this it's, movie has a lot of terribly cheesy moments, but this is this by one far tops them. Oh, Last man. time I watched this movie before I watched it to do this episode, this is the part where I turned it off. I just stopped. I didn't care anymore. I just stopped watching. And this because, movie's been doing great up until this yeah. point, for the most part. And man, it's this like thing, hitting a brick wall. It really is. It goes on oh. for like what five minutes? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so out of place in tone with the rest of the movie, you know. And really, I think it would have been worse if she had sung it. Oh, I I totally agree because it would have been a musical number in a movie completely devoid of musical numbers. Uh, so yeah, it would have been worse if she would have sung it. But they should have just flown and done like the montage and whatever that would have been fine yeah. but yeah instead they taken included... her through the 28 known galaxies oh man <laughs> also he tells her that she doesn't need a sweater when he takes her and he takes her up like above the clouds no you need a sweater for you need that. a sweater and an oxygen mask <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just got a big old she, tank she's just unconscious <laughs> he's he's using super breath to keep air flowing in her lungs <laughs> I wish that she had recited, but it hadn't. The movie hadn't come out yet. But uh, I can show you the world if he <laughs> sang that with her. 
I wish she had recited uh, The Pen and the Pendulum. Oh, man. Or The Pit and just the Pendulum or whatever it is. Or she could have, re- just to respect his origin, she could have recited Gin and Juice. And <laughs> That's Snooper Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the worst moment in this entire oh, movie. Oh, Made back. Leaps and bounds. It's the worst moment in this and movie. So Leaps and bounds over tall buildings. He gets her back to her place, and she names him Superman. So that's the first time I think that is said. What a Superman, this guy with an S on his chest. Isn't that convenient? And (laughs) it's his people's symbol for hope. He leaves and then Clark shows up for their date, which the way they filmed this was pretty cool, too, where she's like standing in front of a screen that has footage of Superman flying off. But the way it's set up, it looks like he's just flying away. Yeah. And then the camera pans and follows her back into her place. And then Clark shows up at the door. So there's no like changing scenes or anything. Yeah, I I always I always appreciate movies that have a way to do something like that, like make things look like they all happened in one shot, even mm-hmm. if they really didn't. I always think it's a cool effect. And I didn't even notice it. I I read that later, and I didn't didn't catch it at all when I was watching the movie. So meanwhile, Lex Luthor plans to make a fortune in real estate by buying large amounts of barren desert land and then using a nuclear explosion on a weak point in the San Andreas Fault, sinking California and leaving Luther's Desert as the new West Coast. No, I mean, it's even worse than that. He's not going to buy this land in the desert. He bought this land in the desert, realized nobody wanted to live there, and his solution is to nuke the fault line. That's all I have to say to that ridiculous plan. I think it makes perfect sense. (laughs) Which would, yeah, uh, greatly increase its value. And upon learning the U.S. Army and the U.S. Navy will launch a twin nuclear missile test, he diverts one missile to the weak spot after (laughs) after Otis, his henchman, accidentally redirects the first missile to the wrong place. New Jersey, right? Something like that? I don't know. Like where Miss Teschmacher's mom lives yes 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 it is it is in new jersey i don't remember the city though what a coincidence so miss uh teschmacher she's used as a distraction while otis like tries to get the first missile going and then lex and otis dress up as truckers to steal the next (laughs) missile this is so like i'm just saying if the military is doing a nuclear missile test why are these nuclear missiles armed and why are they capable of – why would they launch a nuclear missile? What are they planning on doing know. after they test these nuclear missiles? Dude, imagine the though, Cold War. Imagine <laughs> being the poor bastard that has to tell Gene Hackman he's got to dress up as a trucker for this scene. <laughs> Who's already been such a dick all throughout just, this production. He's just fuming. <laughs> I already had to shave my mustache. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. <laughs> um and then also at some point in here, Luther realizes that Superman, if he's from another planet, there must be meteors from that planet and gets the idea that the meteors are his weakness. I, I can't remember exactly how he devises or I don't discovers know. that, but uh, whatever. And then Superman gets a dog whistle signal from Lex and uh, he jumps out of a window at the planet and his regular clothes just fade into his costume. It, it doesn't maybe make any maybe sense. it's supposed to be like him changing like like he did in the door like him changing so fast that you can't see him changing or something um, like that. I don't know. It's just really I silly. I will yeah. say this though. It. 
I think it's pretty apparent when exactly into the production Richard Donner got fired. No, he... Was this all his idea? Because the movie is substantial, I think, substantially worse after, like, from the Sky poem forward. It's not as good. I think so, too. There's a significant, Um, obvious drop in quality. I think he... I want to say he completed all the filming for the first movie, or at least enough that they could, like, patch it all together. Because, like, the flying around the world at the end of this movie was originally the ending to Superman 2. And Hmm. they just stuck it on the end of this movie, and they changed the ending to Superman 2 to something else. Um, Well, I don't like that one bit. Anyway, Superman burrows into the underground because he's tracking this signal from Lex and uh, Lex tries to shoot him and burn him and freeze him to death. Just testing different things out. And of course, none of them work. Yeah. Yeah. It's Superman. And so then after, of course, revealing his entire real estate plot, Lex puts kryptonite on a chain around Superman's neck and Superman falls into Lex's pool. And uh, luckily though, Miss Teschmacher, she, her mom is going to die and she feels really bad and everything. And so she shows pity and she saves Superman. She jumps in there, saves him and gives him a big old kiss while he's still too weak to resist. You can totally <laughs> see her nipples through this whole scene. because yeah. She's wearing an almost sheer wet white top. Yeah. I want to reiterate. No bra. I want to reiterate. I, I I'm fine with the way Lois Lane was cast. Uh, this woman clearly was cast for one reason, two reasons. And two reasons only. <laughs> and it's it's on display. Every outfit that she wears in this movie is clearly cut just to show her breasts. She really doesn't... This is the only meaningful thing that she contributes it's in like this movie. It's like I said earlier, every aspect of Lex Luthor in this movie I, I don't like at all. And she's part of it. Oh, absolutely. Otis man. is worse. Yeah. But she's a big part of it, too. Um, so, let's see. The... He chases down the first nuclear missile and he destroys, he destroys it, but the other one hits the fault line, and uh, Superman flies underground, like around tin foil rocks and stuff. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it looks really cheesy. It's, yeah, him flying underground. I wish they would have. I don't know if they had a different set designer for the underground thing as they did for Krypton, but I wish they would have re I wish they would have gotten that guy <laughs> to design the underground because it looks not good. It looks terrible. And, yeah, I felt like this was – they were really stretching their budget at this point or yeah. something. Because then um, – he, yeah, he flies underground, first of all, and he fixes the Earth's plates, which is <laughs> bull. Yeah, that, that's not how it works. Yeah, they're every, every prominent geologist in the world just, like, woke from sleep clutching their heart. Like, <gasps> yeah. <sighs> and then he says a not bus how that a works. train. <laughs> And I, the great the train imagery is great, but also that's not how that would work either. Where it just like <laughs> the the railing is broken, and he flies and just kind of lays down, and it goes over his back. But I'm pretty unless sure he was the same size as the railing, pretty sure he would still derail that train. <laughs> I think so, um, so he does that, and then a dam burst. <laughs> I spelled dam like. The wrong damn. way. <laughs> damn! Damn! damn uh, burst. Then a damn burst. We're back to Snooperman, I think. <laughs> damn, so, cuz. Uh, Jimmy also, he almost dies by falling off the dam, but Superman catches him. 
And then the whole scene of a town getting flooded by the dam is a really good example of this movie being overly ambitious for its time because it's clearly just models. Lots yeah. of miniatures here, yeah. It, normally with models, they do like that, uh, uh, like that tilt shifting, or not, I, not tilt shifting, um, like that. It's a form. It's a way of shooting, like that perspective shooting, to where uh, you shoot some things from really up close. And I think had they had a building in the foreground. Then it would have looked, looked much better. better. Instead, but they it shoot looks it like, like a, they're just Yeah, they shoot overhead. a model as a top shot, and it looks just like a model. <laughs> yeah, and the water crashing around it is clearly too large. <laughs> the droplets and everything. Uh, so it's, it's bad. And then elsewhere, while Superman is doing all this, Lois is in her car, and she gets trapped by like a rock slide, and then a crevice opens beneath her car. All the rocks pile and stuff, and all the dirt and everything. And she dies. And Lois dies. Yeah, she's Lois dead. Lane dies in this movie. Yeah, pretty she's, bold for like the first Superman. Yeah, for movie. sure. Man. she's not coming back in any way. No, nope. never. She's dead. She's gone for good. Oh, oh man. wait. Which brings us to another terrible part of this movie. <laughs> what is it? Him yelling? The, no, the resolution to this. The oh. resolution to that. Well, when he finds her, he's like clearly just just fuming with anger and he screams and i wrote con in my notes <laughs> i thought the same thing it's just yeah. like that it, it's yeah it's just like that scream. um it's more more likely than not uh william shatner modeled him yelling con after christopher reeve's performance oh that's right that movie came out after 1982 i think oh. so um, i know too much about star trek and then we get, I think we get the audio of his dad telling him not to interfere with Earth history again, but Superman does not listen. Well, because yeah, you also get the audio of Pa Kent saying... That's right. Yeah. He takes his Earth, dad, Earth dad's advice over his biological father's advice. I'm going to listen to the man who raised me, not the man Which who tried is... to teach me quadratic linear functions. <laughs> not the man who launched old. me into space <laughs> at the age old. of three months. <laughs> and Didn't even give me an is... extra diaper. Another, like, exact opposite of the Zack Snyder movies, where in that, his dad is giving him, his Earth dad is giving him terrible advice to let people die and whatever. And yeah. uh, he kind of goes against that eventually. But anyway, in this movie, Superman spins the Earth backwards. <laughs> and this is not how that would work at all. I think I've heard, I've read uh, excuses that he's actually time traveling and it's just showing the earth moving backwards, like showing time back up. No, no but is he is very... literally flying and making the earth move backwards. Yeah, don't I mean, you, don't you listen to any exactly. of that crap? Yeah. Because the I don't earth, buy into it. <laughs> the earth didn't spin on its axis. It didn't make like 16 full rotations in the 10 minutes he goes back in time. Because he only goes back in time like 10 minutes, just enough time to get there to save Lois. Yeah. But the Earth makes like 12 full rotations. Where does he go and find Lex and Otis after that? Because uh, I just remember him. Oh, and also, he turns back time by spinning around the Earth, and he goes and saves Lois. Isn't the dam still going to break? I thought the is? same thing. How Isn't is he going to prevent all those? He didn't have time the first time, and he's not going to have time this time to yeah. do all those things. Yeah, he's I guess he gets to her before uh, Jimmy ever shows up at the dam he get, or anything right. like that. Cause Jimmy's yeah, because Jimmy comes up later. And uh, But, yeah, still all that other stuff should still happen. Yeah. And also, when you introduce something like this into a movie where someone could just turn back time, 
there are no stakes anymore because mm-hmm. the hero can always turn back time. Yeah, why didn't he just turn back time and get back to Lex Luthor like, you know, a couple of days ago before? Well, I think he didn't want to have to go back through uh, the Sky poem. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. Oh, I remember now. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, Lex and Otis are at the desert where they're going to uh, build the stuff. Okay, and that Superman sounds vaguely familiar. grabs them and flies them and just drops them off in the middle of a prison. In a prison. No trial, no nothing. And the this, warden's is, just the like, warden, this proves that our judicial system is truly broken. Yeah, he literally. Flies, and he's just like, here you go, warden. I brought you a present. The warden goes, thanks, Superman. We'll make sure they stay locked up for good. Yeah, this is. That, he won't. No, that's Spoiler not alert. How that he works. will not get do out. that. They yeah, get out. The warden sucks at his job. And after he does that, I think uh, that's the end that's of the movie. Pretty much the end. He that's how it he ends. He lifts off and he flies past the camera and he smiles. Yeah. And like breaks the fourth wall for just a second there. Mm-hmm. Which thank God that it doesn't end with anybody saying "I believe" like uh, oh, man. Amazing oh, Spider-Man did. Oh, that believe. was the worst ending to a movie I've ever man. seen. Yeah, this one beats the crap out of that ending. <laughs> and it's weird too because uh, he smiles and. I don't think I've seen Henry Cavill do that as Superman once. I don't think Henry Cavill's Superman knows what a smile is. No, he doesn't. He God. doesn't smile. Henry Cavill ever. does. Henry Cavill, I cannot iterate this enough, is a great, charming actor with great comedic timing, and he is just wasted as Superman. He really is. Yeah, he was written in a time where uh, DC was trying to do, like, gritty super. Yeah, they're bringing back the 90s. And, yeah, radical, it just awesome. Yeah, it's like every DC movie is written by Frank Miller. Well, so. now, the Nolan movies did so well, so why can't we just do that with everything? It's because Zack Snyder just is not a good filmmaker. <laughs> because Zack Snyder isn't an eighth of the filmmaker that he Christopher made Nolan is. Yeah. He made Watchmen, which was enjoyable. Everything else he's made, I have not liked. Uh, 300, I didn't like that. I did at the time when I first watched it. Yeah, at the time. I do not like 300. I didn't a, like 300 even when I saw it. That movie is such blatant propaganda now that I'm older. Like, oh, yeah. Fighting dude. the Persians, <laughs> the army. Like, Yeah, well, it on. was written by Frank Miller, who is a gigantic racist. Well, and it got greenlighted pretty soon after 9-11. So yeah, that's true, too. What a ridiculous career he's had. Anyway, this movie is over now. And, uh, goodness. Um, I didn't. I wasn't. I was too invested in the movie while I was watching it. I did not come up with a Danny Award for any like notable extras or anything. I just there were a few that I could remember looking back, but nobody that stood out in a positive way. Sorry, <laughs> Danny. Sorry, sorry, Dad. Um, but Superman: The Drinking Game. Oh, oh yeah. All right. Drink every time Clark touches his glasses. <laughs> that that is that is quite a bit of drinking. And the only other one I have on here, um, because I was struggling to f- figure out other stuff, uh, Waterfall, when Lois starts reciting her poem. <laughs> oh, no. You're going to die. Uh, you we... better have two beers with yes. you. At you least. <laughs> Sorry, listeners that and are excited. a pocket excited. knife. I know. Just shotgunning them. <laughs> I hope there are listeners that are excited to... Uh, here are uh, exclusive Patreon episodes where we play the drinking games and everything. But frankly, I don't think I'm going to play the Superman drinking game if I have to Man. waterfall through the sky. Well, pole. the way our schedules have been lately anyway, on a more serious note, uh, 
the, doing like mini episodes and stuff in between. Like we've had enough trouble scheduling just doing yeah. the regular podcast. Yes. Well, thankfully, Christian so. is not doing the play anymore. So yeah, I'm so not auditioning we'll... for another one till January. Yeah, so you, you... we have a solid two months of doing great stuff until we get back to putting out content once every two weeks, yeah. which I'm super excited about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we'll start with the, our include a character where we include an additional character from Superman lore or superhero lore typically into the movie that does not already exist. Um, Mine is a very minor character, but because this is an origin story, I didn't want to dive into having like any major characters. So I went with Pete Ross, who is Superman's childhood friend back in Smallville. Okay. Yeah. I think it would have been pretty easy to include a character like that. Super Uh, simple. Just have have a scene of them hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. On the football field or something like that. He's the other equipment manager. It just would have been like a cool shout or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. No, but like he actually manages like the football equipment and stuff. Not gross. Like you guys like to think. Whatever. I hate y'all. What's your included character, Jacob? Um, I have bowed and scraped. I, I liked the characterization. I I can't think of a character yeah. that I would have thought would have made this movie better. Honestly. I mean, it's an origin. I story. thought about it and yeah. thought about it and thought about it and thought about it all through this podcast. Uh, I have I have the Wikipedia page for Superman supporting characters open in my tabs right now, and I still could not come up with somebody. Just I say would Bruce have Wayne, <laughs> the Joker, the Joker, <laughs> the Joker is my pick. <laughs> um, who's yours? I went with, and this is just a cameo, just a fun little cameo that would have been a fun little, like, wink. I went with Adam West's Bruce Wayne. Mm. I think it would have been a fun sort of cameo. I could have gotten on board with that. Yeah, just a fun thing, you know? Sure, yeah. Not, like, a big character, but, like, not saying Bruce Wayne's not a big character, but, like, he wouldn't be in this movie. Just, like, a fun little cameo. There was a cameo written into an earlier script for this movie, um... Who the heck? What's the guy's name? The bald TV detective around the time. I know they ended up modeling. Uh, it's Telly Savalas. They ended up modeling Lex Luthor from the animated uh, Superman series. I don't know. After this guy. I have no idea. I don't even know. what Dude, I don't know what TV shows were on now. I'm thinking Dragnet. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't Dragnet, but it was something. Uh, yeah, I, I struggle. Magnum P.I. <laughs> Magnum P.I. Yes. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine the guy from Magnum P.I.? <laughs> that The guy from Magnum well, P.I., Tom Selleck? He's got a name. Show some respect. Look, I'm not in the business of discussing Tom Selleck. I'm in the business of discussing these guys. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, he was supposed to show up and, like, say his catchphrase, and then, like, that's it. Well, that would have been... See, uh, now Co- I want to see Kojak. Joe Friday in this movie. Kojak. Oh, okay. That's who it was. And Kojak yeah, if, Horseman. If Kojak you look Horseman. at Kojak's face, you can tell that they modeled Lex Luthor after this guy, because he's got thicker lips and everything, which always confused me when I was a kid. I was like, is Lex Luthor supposed to be African-American in this? I'm not sure, honestly. No, he's just a white guy with... What the hell? Yeah. Get out. Get out of my podcast. <laughs> um, he's got big lips. Why isn't he black? No, he... Well, he's got darker skin, too. Well, yeah, kind of. So I could not... Like, when I was a kid, I could not tell if he's supposed <laughs> that to be been black a, or white. You should, have, you should have included the darker skin thing in the first <laughs> you just time said he had big lips. Yeah, because you were like, he had big lips. 
But I, so I was wondering why he wasn't black, well, and I was like, holy shit. The reason dude. I said that is because <laughs> no other white characters in the DC animated universe have bigger lips unless they're a woman. And so for them to make it, and all of the African American characters do. I guess so. Ma- that's how honestly. It out I guess to me. I'm just not. I'm not very familiar with the DC animated universe. Yeah. Um, and so I. I guess I never caught on to it. I'm pretty familiar, and Ren's bringing up a lot of good points. All the black. Every black character has really big lips. Which really, in Bruce most Bruce Tim might be a little bit racist. Well, honestly, no, in I most think he's cartoons, modeling them to look. Yeah. In often in cartoons, black characters really do have larger lips, which I think it's just because they're not human, and so you have well, to kind that of like exaggerate the yeah. scene or that he's, thing. You're giving them ethnic features, which is and, good. And it helps. Yeah. Better than just making them look like all the white characters. Yeah, too, making which every is, character which look the would same. be a problem. And it helps because you know they uh, they have their especially in the DC animated universe art style, their mouth is just a short black line. Yeah. And so that's really hard to see on darker skin, so they have to make the yep. lips. Oh, okay. So that makes that makes yeah. sense. Anyway. You're not racist. We were kidding. <laughs> I didn't actually think so. Bruce Tim was a racist, kind of a sexist, sure, but not yes. a racist. Yeah, but that's how many superhero how many people who who do superhero things are not a little bit sexist? I feel like sexism is rampant in superhero film and TV. Wonder Woman was <laughs> created by books. a man. Huh? Who was into bondage and her weaknesses in the early comics are all like if she's bound by a man. Yeah, but he was then also she loses all of her strength. <laughs> he was, Come him, on. him and his wife were also in a relationship with another woman. Well, he was progressive in that sense, I guess, but maybe not so much in everything else. He was progressive in the sense <laughs> that he your... wanted to sleep with two women at the same time every night. Yeah, don't sell comics to kids where like bondage is included. Come yeah. on, bondage um, is a plot point. Anyway, His let's World move War on II to worst character. My worst character is Otis. I think that he is totally unnecessary in this movie, and I just didn't didn't care for the. We've got we've got enough comic relief from everybody else. We don't need a bumbling idiot. Mm-hmm. I okay. Uh, well, my worst character uh, is actually super. No, it's Otis. It's Otis one thousand percent. I thought that Otis was out of place. Um, yes. I thought that I think that the idea that somebody is like like Lex Luthor, he's he's char- Oftentimes he's pretty, you know, known as pretty charismatic, and yeah. he's known as uh, not always, you know, t- super straight jaw serious or anything like that. And so, um, I, yeah, I just don't think I don't think that it's necessary. And I think that yeah, Otis's role is played better by other characters. Um, yep. And so, yeah, you're just, you're, you're heaping more stuff on kind of like I am with this explanation. Cause I'm just repeating what Ren said. And it would have been so much better just to have brutish henchmen or yeah. something. Yeah. Nameless henchmen are a mainstay. Just exactly. use nameless henchmen. And that would serve so much better a purpose to show that Lex actually has influence over some like criminal underworld or something. Yeah. Do clearly evil people who he is like. Who he has command of, not some idiot who's just doing stuff because, oh, well, I guess you told me to, boss. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys both chose Ned Beatty. I get why. Yeah. I did something very similar, but I went with uh, Valerie Perrin as Miss Teschmacher because she, just like Otis, was useless. She had no reason to be there. And I went with her because, I mean, Otis's character, while not serving much of a purpose— Served more purpose than hers, which was just boobs. Well, she does, she does save, save Superman. Superman. Yeah, but 
I don't know. I just really, every time her character was on screen, I got irrationally angry. I thought you were going to say aroused the way you're. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't aroused. There was nothing irrational about the arousal. She's a gorgeous woman. <laughs> um, Jesus. But yeah, I get I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Just everything to do with Lex could have been done a lot yeah. better in this movie. Maybe um, it's Lex. Maybe we have a problem with Lex. No, I don't. I don't have. I mean, I do have some of a problem with yeah. him, but not as much as I do with Otis. God. Well, sure. <laughs> and if you're like removing a character, you wouldn't remove Lex and leave Otis and Mr. Schmucker as the <laughs> bad super Maybe not in your movie, but in mine. Um, okay, let's go with best character. Miss Ta- Tashmacher is the only one left in Christian's movie. I can't imagine that we don't all three have the same best I think, character. I absolutely Ooh, you guys want to do it on the count of three, say your best character? Yes. Okay, say the character name, not the actor name. Three, two, one. Superman. Superman. Absolutely. Yeah. He's so it is perfect. Good. His portrayal is perfect, I, except for him screaming. That amazing. One time. I can't imagine anybody else ever playing this part better. No, no especially no. as as this is written, especially like with the differentiation between you know that's what made, Superman. That's what makes it. Yeah, yeah. That makes this whole movie. Or the, that makes his whole performance. The recasting was so difficult for Superman in this movie. I know. Totally, he just man. nailed it so well. And nobody is going to be able to. Um, mimic that no do it better they have to mimic it yeah and it's something christopher reeve came up with because there was nothing like that before Mm -hmm. i've seen like the george reeves version and stuff and he's just like a strong male character yeah is uh clark kent even in the george reeves version yes he is he's in it more than superman is i couldn't remember it's been so long since i've seen the george i've got i bought the first season Mm. like just before hastings went out of business and so r.i.p i've watched enough of it to (laughs) all right to be able to tell that's where I bought all my action figures. Ren's ringtone has now gone off twice during the recording of this podcast. It's almost like his cell phone doesn't have vibrate. That's right. You hit that clicker. Hit the clicker. Click. Do it. We vibing. We vibing, folks. Okay. Got it. Got it. Sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's do our Christopher recast. Reeves, best character. Yeah. Boom. Easy. Who are you recasting? Go ahead, Ren. Who you, give me your recasts. Uh, let's see. I did. I'm going to go ahead and say Jimmy Olsen because I took the time to recast him, but I know y'all didn't. That's fine. Um, you did? Yeah, I did. Oh, snap. Okay. Well, uh, I went with, uh, Dylan Minnette, who is the main character Clay from 13 Reasons Why. Oh, okay. My character is also from 13 Reasons Why. Is it the kid who's an actual photographer on that show? Yeah. He was my original choice. But then I thought it was too similar to the character he plays on that show. And also, he's like six foot one, and the main character is much shorter. And I felt like yeah, that would have been better when standing next to Clark Kent, Superman. Um, for Jor-El, and I, I chose this one because I think he's a pretty great actor and can give good monologues and everything. But two, because of the overarching... Uh, Jesus parallels. I went with Mel Gibson for Jor El, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, like, I, well, aside from the fact that Mel Gibson is fiercely anti-Semitic and Superman was created by two Jewish guys, <laughs> um, but for this movie, it made sense. Um, for Lois Lane, I went with Emma Watson. I think that she. You know, it, what we've seen from her playing, like, Hermione Granger in the Harry Potter mm-hmm. movies, 
uh, doing like the investigative character, uh, sort of no nonsense girl. She plays that part really well. Well, and let's not forget her American accent is really, really good. It is really good. If I know. Any of you yeah. have ever seen Perks of Being a Wallflower? Yes. Yes. I had to, like I was looking up clips online just to make sure because yeah. I didn't want to choose someone who can't do an American accent. Yeah. But and she looks the part, you know. Yeah. Uh, so for Lex Luthor, and this is where I had a little bit of trouble. Oh, not me. Um, because originally I had gone with, hold on. If you say Brian Cranston, after you spent all that time talking about how anyone who chose Brian Cranston (laughs) was dumb. Originally I had gone with Michael Sheen. Um. What's he in? I recognize the name. Okay. Because of how like he can be very serious. Yeah. And, and, and he, I mean he's a great actor, but he also does like the over the top, overzealous kind of bad guy mm-hmm. a lot of times. And uh, so that was my choice originally, but I switched it to uh, Stanley Tucci. I like Stanley Tucci. I do too. And you know what? He's bald, and he's also very charismatic as an actor. Mm-hmm. Like his work in the Hunger Games and stuff. I was just thinking this guy could play a perfect Lex Luthor. Literally, the two two of the best cho- two of the people I thought of before I picked who I picked were uh, Stanley Tucci and then uh, Mark Strong. Oh, nice. Who uh, you know? I thought about him, but he had been in Green Lantern, and in my mind, oh yeah, like he was. Conflict. He played Sinestro, didn't he? Yep, he did. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think uh, Stanley Tucci would be an awesome Lex Luthor. For sure. For this this version of Lex yeah. Luthor. I don't know if he would be, like, if I were casting just a new Superman movie, but... I think he'd be good for a new Superman movie. He'd I think be he better than too. Jesse Eisenberg. But definitely fitting for this part. Oh, man. A mi- miles beyond Jesse Eisenberg. And for Superman, I went with Army Hammer. Oh, oh that's good. Yeah, I was talking to you yeah, about Army yeah, Hammer. Yeah, we were talking about Army Hammer because yeah. we were talking about, we were saying we kind of had difficulty doing our picks. Army Hammer is a great pick. He's got a yeah. very, like, strong, demanding Superman voice. Yeah. Not to mention he looks like he could play Superman, like he's got the jawline, he's Absolutely. a buff guy. And I felt like he kind of got a raw deal with the Lone Ranger. Oh, uh, man. That movie didn't really work out, but I do think that he has potential to be, like, a huge bankable well, star. Well, uh, he's another one, just like Henry Cavill. He played – he was the other main character in uh, The Man from U.N.C.L.E., and he was great in it. He was funny. He was charming. Yeah, that's right. That's he right. He was really good. I like Army Hammer. I do, too. And he's, like, six foot five or something. Yeah. He's huge. What about you, Jacob? Come on. All right. So, for uh, Jor-El – um, this I kind of picked this for a silly reason because I was having a little trouble recasting Jor-El. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked Kiefer Sutherland for a couple of reasons. Um, <laughs> Weird. I, Damn it. Yeah, I think. Damn it. I think that Kiefer Sutherland. Um, I think that he does a good job at playing characters that are beaten down. And Jor-El, during a lot of his part of the movie, he seems just he seems not depressed but he just seems kind of defeated like all right well i guess this is what i have to do because these guys aren't listening to me and i think that Kiefer sutherland he does a good guy who's this is what i have to do yeah he's Uh, he plays a good guy who's like kind of worn down and just like guys aren't listening and he's got 24 hours to stop (laughs) krypton from blowing up more importantly Kiefer sutherland looks like a grizzled father he does. <laughs> he does. looks just like a dad. I think he, he uh, is a grizzled father in real life. Well, but yeah. you know what I but he looks like a dad. He looks he no. looks like everyone's dad. He was a drunk father in real life. Was he drunk? 
Dude, is, is Kiefer Sutherland an alcoholic? He has struggled with alcoholism and like heroin for it, years. Yeah, let's put it this way: he and Robert Downey Jr. used to be roommates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the eighties. Back in the the fun Downey. I days. remember seeing him in an interview talking about that, and I can't remember who it was, David Letterman or somebody, and they were like, "Your poor landlord." <laughs> um, <laughs> they had an apartment together. Okay, Holy so crap. for for Lois Lane, uh, I picked Rose Byrne. Okay. Um, I think that Rose Byrne, you know, she's played like strong female characters before, and I think she has a she has like a pretty resolute kind of face. She can. Uh, Moira uh, Taggart from uh, X Men: uh, First Class and Apocalypse. Thank you. Um, Seth Rogen's wife in Neighbors and Neighbors Two: Sorority uh, Rising. Insidious. <laughs> anyway, insidious. but more importantly, Wicker Park. More importantly, uh, I think that Rose Byrne. Troy. She, shut up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Troy for like three seconds. Sorry. Those three seconds were important. Yeah, they were. Um, but more importantly, she also, she has a great doe-eye face. And I think especially for the scenes where Lois is interacting with Superman, I think those doe that doe-eye face would sell it hard, hard, She's hard. She's very in awe of him. Yeah. yeah, and I think yeah, I think Rose Byrne has a – I don't know. I have a picture. I don't know what movie it's from, but I have an image in my head of her doe-eyed with her mouth open, and it's perfect in my, in my mind. Every Rose Byrne role ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so for Lex – Do we need to go over the roles again that she's played, Jacob? So for Lex, uh, I uh, picked this partially because he looks a little similar to Gene Hackman. Jesse uh, Eisenberg. And partially uh, because I think that he's a very underappreciated <laughs> character actor. Uh, I went with John C. Riley. <laughs> um, I went with him. Have you guys ever seen Criminal? No. So in Criminal, he's kind of like a – he's likable. Um, but he's kind of like a, a con man kind of person. And I think that Lex Luthor in this movie in particular is almost, I mean, he's a villain, but he's almost more of a con man than anything else. Like he's trying to sell land to people. Ah, I know that you, I know that you can't, I mean, it's hard. I mean, to, he almost got me. It's hard to think of John C. Riley outside of him playing a jackass and everything that he's in, but truly oh, he's an I under, mean, he, I think he really is a great character actor. And I think that he's very underappreciated and not to mention, he looks a lot like Gene. Hackman. <laughs> There's this movie he did with, uh, um, I think it was with Marissa Tomei and Jonah Hill. It was definitely with Jonah Hill. I don't remember who the female co-star was. No, but... it's, um, you're thinking of Step Brothers. It was Will Ferrell. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm thinking of this you're movie thinking called. thinking of Cyrus. Yeah. He's, he's very good in that movie, and it's much more serious than, I mean, it's still a comedy, but it's well, more serious. he was serious in The Perfect than... Storm, and he plays a really serious, I, like, fisherman. I just, I that. have I have an admiration for John C. Riley, and I think that he kind of pigeonholed himself, but I don't think that he should have. Uh, John C. Riley moved me to tears in Wreck-It Ralph. That movie uh, I was sad. He was great in it. I haven't either. All right. He is a really great dramatic actor, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. He's, I think that he, he's way more talented of a character actor than any of his casting has ever given him credit yeah. for. That guy is like one great role away from an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's going to Jonah Hill himself. So for Superman. Jonah Hill. You guys ready? Yeah. I picked Matt Dallas. <laughs> I knew it. The lead character from Kyle X Y. Okay, just for a little backstory, when we watched this movie and we're doing our recastings, Jacob told me that he chose someone to play Superman 
who was a lead in a TV show on either ABC Family or Freeform, and the fact that he included ABC Family at all There's only one person that could be. Yeah, there's only one. No, 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 because the reason I arrived at – the reason I arrived at him is because originally – uh, I was looking at casting uh, Ian Harding, who played you. You will not know who that is. Uh, who played a teacher on Pretty Little Liars? Uh, yeah, I know. What? I know. I used to watch that show when I was in high school. Get out of my this house. This is some quality television, guys. <laughs> anyway, but that guy looks. Art. That guy looks so much like Superman. It is unbelievable. Uh, but then I looked at Kyle XY, and it's a little. He he's a little more dramatic, I think, and not to mention he does some some solid acting in Kyle XY. So I don't okay, know. I, just I didn't up watch Ian Kyle Harding. XY. He does look a lot like a Superman character. I feel like the. Oh okay yeah I could see him as Superman. I feel like the guy from Kyle XY. He's got like this is so stupid. He's got like dead eyes. He's got dead eyes, and he's got sort of a uh, because. And I mean, I'm not saying maybe I should have stuck with Ian Hardy. <laughs> yeah, that dude is. He looks exactly yeah. like what you would want Superman to look like. Matt Dallas has now that he's older and everything, and he's like come out to the public and everything. He's got sort of a stereotypically gay voice. It's real floaty and kind of effeminate. Uh, he was in. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. He was in uh, Worst American Cooks Celebrity Edition on the Food Network. Anybody out there get that? I think he was in the same season as Coolio and Joey Fatone. Jeez. And he he just had sort Someone of Someone out there like, was like mouthing it along with you as you were saying it. Just one person. Yeah. Someone knows. Worst Celebrity Cook or whatever. You- He's just got sort of like a flowy kind of voice he's not the strong confident i am superman anymore he's i don't he's not a bad actor i don't think but superman (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i can't fault you for i'm sure my only exposure is from kyle xy i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) i remember back in the day like a kid i saw that show and was like oh that guy would be a great superman yeah he looks Uh, i'll be honest with you guys i thought he was tom weaving and I thought, uh... Tom Weaving? Or you mean Tom Welling. Welling, that's oh, okay. right. That's what I thought you Yeah, meant. I thought he was the same... But I... then he showed a little range, and you knew it wasn't him immediately. <laughs> um, have you seen Cheaper by the Dozen 2? Or Cheaper by the Dozen 1. He's okay. got some range in that What movie. are yours? He's just okay. a kid. His life is a nightmare. For Jimmy Olsen, I already talked about this... I went with Devin Druid, who uh, his two most known roles are Tyler from uh, 13 Reasons Why, and then he played a young Louis C.K. Yes, he did. In Louis. And he, I, he's a great actor. Uh, I think he could bring some range to the character. And I knew that no matter who I picked, it'd be better than the Jimmy Olsen that they had in Batman vs. Superman, so who really oh. cares? Terrible. Special Agent Jimmy Olsen. Give me a break. Kill me. Uh, for Jor-El, I went with... and. You know, people typically, uh, not so much in uh, uh, the comics and the cartoons, but in movies, like Marlon Brando was coming up on 60 when he played Jor-El. Sure. Uh, Russell Crowe is older. He's in his 50s. Yeah. Uh, So I went with someone a little younger, someone in their 40s. And so I went with uh, Bradley Cooper. Uh, okay. Because he can bring Bradley Cooper's a great 
actor he can bring the dramaticism and the weight that the role would need he's got the downtrodden look down pretty well yeah he does uh but granted i've also aged up all the characters and so like evangeline Lilly is who i chose to play lois lane mm. she's uh i think she's like 38 or 39 yeah maybe in her early 40s uh she's another one she's she was great in lost she uh she was one of the only good parts of the movie real steel uh she's great in ant-man she was great in this canadian sex line commercial back in the 90s okay <laughs> She's, I'll, I'll take your word for that one. I don't. I don't actually know. I've never seen the commercial. Sure. It's just a little piece of trivia sure I never, picked up. Sure, from you Lost. didn't immediately look that up. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> and I think she could, you know, bring the right sort of sass to the character. Yeah. Uh, for Lex Luthor, this guy. I think he's fifty-six. I went with uh, Christopher Maloney. Oh. He, okay. uh, you know, he's got. He can do like the hard-ass, intense stuff. Because he, you know, he played a because sex crimes detective. Because he played Detective Stabler for, for years. 70 years. You mean yeah. because he played a cook for Wet Hot American Summer. No, that's right? the comedy stuff. That's the comedy part, though. That's the other yeah. part I took into consideration. Yeah, yeah. If you took Gene from uh, Wet Hot American Summer and merged it with Elliot Stabler, you would have the perfect Lex You would have an abomination for before this. the Lord, also. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, it's proof that God is dead, but we're getting quality entertainment out of it. Wait, hold on. Stay quiet for three seconds for a second. Okay. Go Stay ahead. Stay quiet for three seconds for a second. Okay. I just said, sorry. What? It was just in case I cut out you saying God was dead. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, only, God's only dead if we combine Christopher Maloney and, uh, or not Christopher Maloney, if we combine <laughs> those two Christopher Maloney characters. God will die if we do that. So who's your Superman? Uh, Matt Bomber. He's 40. He played, uh, I don't is remember his character's name. Bomer? Maybe it is. I thought it was Bomber. I don't know. Either way, Bomer is a risky thing to say over, like, where people just hear audio. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Matt Bomber. He uh, he played the lead in White Collar. Uh, he was really good in that. He's, he just looks like Superman. Yeah, he looks just like Superman. He's a little older, but like I said, I aged up everybody a little bit. And that guy's aged fantastically, oh too. Oh, my God. He's oh my, such I want to look that man. good when I'm 40. I look that good now. No, you do not. You look like a fish. And if I remember correctly, he is gay. And, man, he is he's a good-looking man. He is gay, but... Unlike Matt Dallas, he doesn't have a floaty voice. He's got a strong Is confidence. Matt Dallas even gay? Yeah. He's gay? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he came out as gay like years and years ago. Hmm. Yeah, you know how I know? I watched Worst American Cook Celebrity Edition with my grandma. So it's sweet. So, so that so. one person that's clapping is Margaret Cook. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute that you think my grandma gives a shit about our podcast. <laughs> she doesn't know what a podcast is. But yeah, those are my picks. Awesome. It's time to rate this bad boy. Oh, shoot. Did you forget to rate it? Oh, we get to hear Jake's two scales. Yeah. Go ahead. You guys go first. I'll go last this time. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 7 out of 10. Uh, I think that it got a little carried away with the campy stuff. I really feel like they missed the mark with Lex Luthor completely. I don't understand why they set him up as this, like, real estate mogul 
underground criminal. Donald Trump, if Donald Trump was a criminal mastermind, basically, because Donald Trump was a real estate mogul. Well. Well. Um. <clears throat> Uh, Donald so Trump what about, is, what, what's the rest of your rating, no, Ren? Donald uh, Trump is just the world's most famous real estate mogul. He's the first one I can think of, except for like, I guess the Property Brothers. And also, he became president. Yeah. And Lex Luthor becomes president yeah. in the comic books. Yeah, but you know, whenever somebody starts talking about a topic and you don't want them to continue because you don't want to start talking about it. Yep. That's where I am right now. Sure, I get it. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. So. Yeah, I think uh, all the Lex Luthor stuff kind of missed the mark, but aside from that and some of the campier elements and that stupid sky poem, I think the movie, like Christopher Reeve, totally sells it. I can't imagine anybody else doing a better job. And uh, yeah, so 7 out of 10. Um, I wasn't as lenient as you were uh, with some of the stuff. Okay. I gave it a, uh, I mean, it's not a big difference. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Because the way I look at it, five is like an average movie. So six out of ten is above average. And I thought this movie, while being enjoyable and above average as a film, it wasn't great. There was not, I didn't watch it and like have any part just blow my mind or anything. Sure. Uh, really and truly, the only part I enjoyed was uh, um, Christopher Reeve's Superman. And he's about five out of the six that I gave this movie. Yes, which deservedly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's so good. I think I gave Wonder Woman a four for some reason, and so I, like for me, a six is just a little too low for my rating. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like too close to that one. But yeah, I think I can see that. Yeah, this is six out of ten. Solid film. I recommend you watch it. It's a good movie. Um. So I actually also gave it a seven out of ten. Um, as far as being a movie, you know, I think I think I I'm I hold a little bit more nostalgia toward this movie um, just because I I watch this movie a lot. And yeah, I, I've seen it two or three times. Yeah, I've seen it life. many times. And not to mention, I think that when I was younger, I didn't watch very many superhero movies. And so I really started once I started consuming superhero movies. I was in junior high, high school. Um, oh, it's gross. It's gross sound. Uh, and. Um, I really got to see the impact I think that this movie in particular had on all of those and it really made yeah. me appreciate it more so I'm probably viewing it through rose colored glasses hey. um, so as far as being a superhero movie or a movie uh, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 I think a lot of elements worked um, as far as being a reference material that you watch as a tutorial for your high school English class uh, when you're studying poetry and prose. Why are your skills so weird all the time? <laughs> when you're studying poetry and prose, I'm going to give it a 1 out of 10. Deserve it. Um, yeah. Or, okay. or uh, 32,000 feet out of 10, where hopefully she would have suffocated and never said that poem. Yes. <laughs> I kind of I made a mistake when I was a kid where I watched, I was excited to watch like anything superhero out there. So I got the uh, box set for Blue of all four Christopher Reeve movies, and then I watched all four of them. And by the end of that... You were just sick of it? I did not want to revisit this movie. So I think this was actually like the second time I ever watched this movie. This was the second time I ever finished. The first time I watched this movie, I was probably about five. I think I've seen bits and pieces over the years, but man, I I, I I was not looking forward to revisiting this. I've seen this movie over and over and over and over. 
Yeah. Um, I, uh, I turned the second time I ever watched it. I was probably 15 or 16. I was in high school. They had just put it on Netflix and I turned it off about halfway through at the sky poem because yep. Garbage. That All right, boys, sense. Christian, go ahead and close us out this time. You never do it. Um, well, thanks for listening to superhero fatigue. We're really sorry. We've missed the last couple of weeks. Uh, like we said, we've been really busy, a lot of hectic schedules. I had rehearsal, Almost every single day of the week uh, for this play I was in for school. Uh, Jacob works weird hours. Uh, I eat saltines. Ren yeah, eats saltines. Yeah, Ren sits at the house. Sometimes he sleeps 16, 17, 30 hours a day. Yeah. Yep. As a fun little <laughs> teaser, uh, we uh, so far we've been doing a lot of older movies. And uh, I think we're going to start, uh, and guys correct me if I'm wrong, we're going to start doing some uh, not necessarily new new like in the last five years but maybe in the last 10 or 15 years we certainly started out thinking let's do all these movies in chronological order uh starting with batman 66 i know there's some serials and stuff like that before maybe some older yeah versions of characters and movies uh but yeah we wanted to start with that one and just move forward through the years but we feel like we should probably do some more modern stuff that people out there can listen to. It's always better to listen to a movie review podcast when they're talking about a movie that you've seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, really and truly not a lot of people have seen wonder woman starring Kathy Lee Crosby. Not a lot Nor of people. Nor should they. Yeah. No. It, yeah. Let's, let's make that solid. Don't watch it. <laughs> Almost yeah, watch that. nobody saw the amazing Spider-Man with Nicholas Hammond. Thank oh. God. You poor <laughs> Nor souls. should they. No. Nobody should ever see anything close to that movie. But I guess so. Uh, just to uh, close this out, thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate all of your support. And look forward to more modern episodes in the next couple of weeks. Killer. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Join me, my son, and together we will rule the galaxy. No wonder that guy became a bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Sorry, David Browse.